Blog Talk Radio. Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. The Master's Voice is available on various audio and video platforms on Blog Talk Radio. We're going to sing about the faithfulness of God. Are you ready to sing with us? We're going to sing about His faithfulness. He's such a faithful God. I've seen Him show up for me in unique ways. You know, that's why I, I'm quite reckless when I worship. I start doing anyhow, anyhow, anywhere beloved. Somebody say anywhere beloved. Are you ready to worship God with me like that? That is the kind of worship I want. To put your head somebody
Jesus. Yes, he is faithful God. God that we can trust. God that we know that is faithful. And he always be there for us. When we call upon his name, he is faithful to his children. He is faithful to his people. We can always trust him. Thank you, Lord. Faithful God, we serve. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And his word tells us so, my brother and sister, in Matthew uh, 14, uh, 14, 30 to 36, says that, but when he saw the effect of the wind, he was frightened, talking about Peter. And he began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stand his hand and cut him, saying to him, Oh, gee, a little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Those in the boat were worshiping him. Hallelujah. I was saying, truly you are the Son of God. This is from the Amplified Bible. Thank you, Lord. We serve such a faithful God. Thank you, Lord. Shalom, shalom. My brother, my sister. Hallelujah. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Lord. We thank God, hallelujah, for his word, his revelation to us. He's been good. The Lord gave me two dreams last night. One, which I didn't, I didn't think, um, uh, I didn't think much of it because um, it was like Peter and the boat. Lord, save me. <laughs> thank you, Lord. But I'll share the dream. I'm here with my brother Tony. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And my son, Joshua. Son Joshua wanted to Hi. join us. Say hello, Joshua. Hi. Say hello, brother Tony. Hi. Hello. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So the three of us tonight, amen, coming in agreement. Shalom, Sister Wendy. Shalom, Brother Miguel, Sister Regina, Arlie, the Lord's servant, Brother Strata, everybody else listening at home on Skype uh, in the different ways. Let it be Facebook. Shalom. Shalom to each and one of you. I hope tonight we'll have a, a blessed program. Blessed. And I say blessed because the, the Lord just spoke to me. I heard the Lord saying that the word, the dream was prophetic. And this was the dream I had last night. My brother insisted. We were flying on a plane somewhere. It seems to me like an island. But we were all flying on a plane and it was a large, large plane, large, large plane. And um, we were all comfortable on the plane. We had a seatbelt. And all of a sudden, the, we were getting close to our destination. And the, the plane, it started going down. But it was going down, straight down. Like nose down, is, what it, is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. It was heading straight down. Not like in the normal when the plane is going down, the whole body is coming down together where it's, it's about to land smooth and easy. Now, now this plane was, was like, a, I would say it was going down like a military plane. It was going down. And it was all going straight down, straight, straight down. Then I was holding on to my seat because you can see the island. It was tiny, the place where we were heading to. From the sky, it looked tiny, but going straight down, my brother and sister, 
I, it, it began to be very uncomfortable, and I was thinking, what is this pilot thinking? You know, like he's not in the army. This is not. This is this is a commercial plane. He should he should be more easy. It looks to me like a commercial plane, my brothers and sisters. But then, as we're going down, we're going straight into the sea. We're not lying in an all airport, you know. We're 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 going straight to the sea, and I'm like, this plane is going down. <laughs> like Peter, Lord save me, you know. And, and the plane, my brothers, kept going straight down. I was holding on to my seat, and I was thinking, this plane is crashing into the sea. It looks like the pilot lost control. Like he's not in control anymore. My brother insisted, but he was still flying the plane. And it was not like, oh, we, we just lost control of the plane. Everybody grab onto whatever you can. We're crashing. Nothing like that. My brother, and I was, I, it seems to me like I was the only one scared grabbing to my seat. I don't want to say scared because it was not, God, God is in control. So the plane is going down, straight down. And half of the plane goes into the water, my brother and sister. And I'm like, oh, no. I'm getting ready to jump out through the window, open the door, whatever I can, and get out of the plane. Save myself It's what I'm thinking. My brother and sister. But then as they go half into the water, the plane goes back up smooth, land in the water, and that's where we were going. And we got up nice and smooth and easy. And nothing happened to us. We all got out of the plane nice and smooth. Like, that's the way he was supposed to drive, fly the plane and land it down, you know. And I'm like, what, is, what does that mean? You know, I kept thinking. I said, well, I'm not, I'm not going to share the dream because I, didn't, I don't think it's, it's that important. But what do you say, Brother Tony? Yeah, uh, I said that. What I felt in me was that something that uh, that's gonna happen in the future, you know, um, that something that we're through my experience is that I, uh, there's gonna be a moment where it's gonna get feel difficult. It's gonna be feel very difficult to us, but it's gonna go. It's gonna be fine. You know, it's gonna be just fine. It's just gonna be momentarily. It's gonna feel that way, but like you say, it's. At the end, you know, everything was fine and smooth and gone. And, uh, and the Lord. yeah, and that, that's when you said that it was prophetic. Yes, then the Lord, Shalom Arli, yes, the Lord confirmed that. It is prophetic. It, it is prophetic. He gave, he gave me the experience for me because he had given me a wonderful dream before that, that wonderful revelation before that revelation. So I was wondering, why did I have this other dream? He gave me a second dream, which was the plane one. After he gave me a wonderful one, which I'm going to share tonight, which is going to encourage a lot of people. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. Because I kept asking the Lord in prayer, Lord, how close we are. Lord, <laughs> and telling the Lord, Lord, 30 years into the ministry, I'm waiting, Lord. You know, am I going to see these things come to pass? And the Lord wanted to show me that everything is closer than what we think. And I'm going to share that revelation. It's wonderful. 
is going to encourage each and one of you. I know this. Thank you, Lord. This is planned by God. This is not coincidence. We're here. Plan of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's all been his plan. Amen. And he's faithful. First um, John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What's the unrighteousness that you have committed in your life that you've been so ashamed of? Jesus can cleanse it out of you completely. You don't need to live a shameful life and a frail life, you know. Uh, maybe Peter say, cry out to Jesus to save him because he felt like if he died, he, felt, he probably thought he was not ready to die. Because some people feel that way when they go through something scary, something shaking, something frightening. People immediately, since they know it in themselves, they're not ready. Because the Bible said he was frightened and it began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. That fright, that frightened, being so afraid. Why was he so afraid of dying? And sometimes that fear manifests in a way where you, if you're so afraid, what are you hiding? If you're so afraid, because if we have peace of the Lord in our heart and our life, we're not afraid to die when we have the peace. But if you're so afraid of dying, then what is it that you're hiding? What is it that is in your heart that you haven't confessed that you that is making you so afraid? Okay? The Lord doesn't want us to be afraid. Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and self control, right? Yes. So thank you, Lord. What do you think will be, Brother Tony, that is keep that is making people like Peter so afraid? Uh, yeah, it's uh you know, first of all, yeah, it's where you know this that's the the nature of the flesh you know without god you know fear is is there you know and so is a lack of god it's uh i see it as a like you know the lord like that verse says you know and it goes it goes with the verse you know when he said the lord rebuked them that was a rebuke you know yeah when the lord said you oh, you a little faith you know sometimes it's our flesh tends to take over um, but at the, at the same time we have to be reminded you know that he's in control but like I said it's, it's the nature of the flesh that we, we sometimes we get afraid but then we have to always be reminded you know that it, no, he's in control Thank you, Lord. Uh, and, but yeah it's fear is not supposed to be in, in a believer you know it shouldn't be in us mm -hmm. at, at any time because he has given us authority he has given us power you know and uh but it's a question of Jesus here. Why do you doubt? Yeah. What will be the answer to Jesus there? Yeah. From us to Jesus. If the Lord said, why do you doubt, Tony? What will you answer him? Yeah. Yeah. I, will you say, I was afraid? Yeah. Yeah, I would say, Lord, you know. Cause like Peter, when he cried out, Lord, save me. You know, but on top of him being afraid and crying out to the Lord and the Lord saving him, the Lord asked the question, why do you doubt? Why? Yeah. Sometimes at the moment it seems, you know, it seems difficult. And, uh, 
But uh, I, I like the the reaction of Peter because he didn't. He's one of those that, yeah, he failed, you know, for for a moment, like when he walked on water, and he said the same thing, you know, Lord save me, you know. He didn't just, you know, went about no. He cried out to him for help, and. Uh, so he was doing the right thing, but why was he so afraid? You said, why do you doubt? Yeah. Why? In the, it's not that God doesn't know why. He knows. Yeah. He wants you to learn why. Because yeah. God can show you what's in your heart, what's in your life. He can reveal it to you. Yeah. He can help you understand that doubting him, like someone said, Brother Miguel says, uh, he turned his eyes from Jesus. Okay, one. Second, uh, he lost focus in a moment. Okay, and Sister Luna's a sin. See, yeah, those are the things that you have to find out. Why are you so afraid? Why are you doubting? Why are you questioning God so much? Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. Because a lot of questioning God is doubt. Yeah. To why? Jesus says, why? Find out why, and, and you're going to have peace. Right. Yeah. He'll give you peace. Yeah, that's how the peace comes by. Yeah. Actually, everything comes by faith, but, you know, mm-hmm. when we, because faith is trusting in Him, you know. Mm-hmm. Like we say the other day, trust is, is like, we, like you said, it's, you know, higher trust mm-hmm. when you trust someone, you know. It's, no matter what happens, you're going to trust that person, you know. That's how it is with the Lord. And you're right, He's teaching us, you know. He's uh, to, like, he, like, that was a question for Him, you know, why did you doubt? In other words, you know, He, you know, but. Because He's teaching Him. Yeah. He wants him to learn the why, because in the why is a secret that if you know why, you don't need to doubt, then you have peace in every moment. Yeah. When even going through a worse situation. Right. I, I'll give you an example. Someone says that if it's going to hit somebody with the car, it will, it will scream out afraid and let go of the, the, the steering wheel. I said, no. You stay in control. You stay focused, mm-hmm. and you try to steer away and avoid hitting the person. But if you close your eye and raise your hand like, oh, my, nothing I can do, mm-hmm. y- you have more chance of trying not to hit the person than screaming out like a crazy, you know, like out of control. Right. You know? Okay, Brother uh, Joshua, why do you think Peter is out? Um, because he was afraid. Yes. And why else you think he will, he, he doubt the Lord? Because um, if he sinned, then probably fear could get into him. Yes, that is so true. Yeah. Unbelief, yeah. Like the man said, "Help my unbelief." Yeah, yeah. I said, "I help me help my faith, no help my unbelief." Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's it's the first thing that comes out of your mouth that you say. Yeah. So it has to be recorded that way. Yeah. Because it was the first thing under fear that it came out of your mouth. Okay. You know? But the disciple did not say help our unbelief. He said, Lord, increase our faith. Yeah. That's the, the right way to do it. Lord, increase our faith. Yeah. Under that understanding that Jesus said that if you speak to the month, I'll be thrown into the sea, I will obey you. Mm-hmm. He was teaching them to have their faith. Because yeah. it can grow, my brother and sister, yeah, yeah. and it can grow very much in the Lord when we ask the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. 
uh, going back to being faithful, uh, back talking about Moses, when we talk about faithful, we always talk about God. But then God talks about certain, certain of his people, like, like um, Moses, the Lord said that he was faithful in all his house. Okay? He, he attributed faithfulness to Moses. And it is that whoever, God said, whoever's honoring me, you know, I honor those that honor me, God says. So he, he, he's honoring Moses at this moment. It's in number 127. My servant Moses is not so who is faithful in all my house. So when God says house, he's not talking about a, a temple made by him. Because remember when, when he told the people, yeah, you know, what, what house can you make for me? God said, oh, Israel. Because they made him a temple by hand, and they wanted God to stay in there and not to go anywhere. And, and so God says, no. You know, the temple of the house is our own body, our own life. And Moses was faithful in all his body. He kept himself for God. Humble. The Bible said that in, the, in his timing or time, there was no other humble man like Moses. So he was very humble, you know. So he was a great example as a leader, as a brother in Christ. He was a great example. And which God looks for us to be in the same. Yeah. Be of great example to other people. Amen. And most of it was that. Deuteronomy 7, 9, Know therefore that the Lord thy God is, he is God. Okay. And, and never, never take for granted who God is. Because sometimes people does do that. He is God. God is God. The faithful God. Not just any God. He is faithful. So whatever promise he made to you online, he's going to fulfill. And the Lord was speaking to me about that last night. I said, you know, he brought me in, and, and, and he ministered to me, you know, because I was saying, Lord, how long more? And, and show me in the spirit how close we are from, from now to after the three days of darkness. It was so short that I didn't see any time. It was practically no time left. It's what I saw in the spirit, which it gave me kind of joy to know that everything is so close now. But he brought me after the, the, in the spirit, and bro, Brother Benjamin was here with us yesterday, and he was talking about Pakistan, and 30 churches that got burned in Pakistan. And, and, and Pastor, um, what's his name, Eddie Flower, Eddie Paul Flower was asking for people to donate to help those people restore the churches. But I was in prayer for them last night, and I was praying for them, but then I, would, I felt like I needed to rebuke those that were coming against the churches, that burned down the churches, because the authority are in favor of those people. So even if they restore the churches, they can burn it down again the next day. So, you know, it's like you build a house, and you, they, build, they go ahead and burn it again and again. And so I'm like, let's come against those people. Let's rebuke that. The name of the Lord, God will stop those people. So last night, the Lord took me in the spirit to Pakistan. And I was in Pakistan last night in the spirit. And I was there in my glorified body. Which when I noticed I was in my glorified body, which the Lord showed me he's about to do that with us, but he wanted to show me this experience. And it felt so good, my brother and sisters. 
No more hunger, no more pain, no more worry. You are in total peace. You are in the power of God. So this is exactly how the Lord will send us out because that's what the reminder of the Lord to me. What he showed me last night and what he allowed me to experience last night is how he's going to send us out in a glorified body soon. Soon he transformed the church. And, he, and I went out to help this family there. And it was a young lady, her father and her brother. And when I got there, I began to speak to her and I said, um, she was looking at things and wondering about what would happen next. And I come there from the Lord and I said, you need to get your, right, your life right with God, with the Lord. You know, you need to be saved by him and commit your life to him and give your life to him. But as I'm speaking to this young lady, she, she is agreeing with the word. She's receiving the word. This other gentleman, another young man in his 20 came, and he, he began to tell me to get out of here in Arabic, okay? And I know this because I didn't know this. Look, look at the things God revealed to you that you don't know. I spoke back to him in Arabic, like if I was speaking Spanish or English, and I said to him back in Arabic, he was speaking to me in Arabic, and I said to him in Arabic, listen, God allow you to go to the three days of darkness. My brother and sister, let me, t let me tell you something. I'm a little far ahead of my dream here, but I'm, I'm going to say this is because the Lord showed me Pakistan after the three days of darkness. And Pakistan was like put through a filter, a three-stage filter. And there were barely any people. I was able to move very quickly over Pakistan. And I only saw a handful of people in the city where I was. Pakistan is about 200 million people. Okay? And the Lord says to me, how many of them, Jesus says to me, are going to make it through three days of darkness, he says to me. How many of them are going to make it through? Not many. Okay, you can see. It was barely empty. Pakistan was barely empty. I think it's 230-something million people. And my brother and sister, it was only a handful of people that made it through where I was. There should have been millions of people walking there. They didn't make it. Some of her, most of her family and friends and neighbors did not make it to the three days of darkness. The beasts had killed them and ate them. My brother and sister, the earth there was completely cleansed. They cleansed. My brother and sister. And I'm ministering, I'm ministering to this young lady, and I'm telling her to get herself right with Jesus. This young man comes that God allowed him to make it the three days of darkness. God kept him alive. And I told him, listen to me. God allowed you to make it, and a few of you, a few of you, I said, because I can see a few of them, to make it to the three days of darkness. You know why? Because God has a plan to save you. He wants to save you. Okay? And he kept you from dying through the three days of darkness. And the young man says to me in Arabic, get out of here. And I says, you, he, he, he was letting me know, look, I'm going to come and kill you. I'm going to come and harm you, he says to me. Okay? And I said, you know what? And I called a win on him. 
Okay, I said the Lord has given. I didn't know this. The Lord has given me authority over the wind, and I said, "Wind, calm down and grab him." And all of a sudden, came like a, a tornado around from the sky, and grabbed him and lifted him up thirty feet into the air. He was screaming in panic, and I told the wind, "Take him away, hundreds of miles away." And the wind obeyed me and went and took him in my glorified body. Not only that I spoke Arabic, I knew I can speak other language in my glorified body. But I, I was telling this young lady, because she said, wow, that is, that is incredible. And I said, not only has the Lord given me uh, power over the wind, I, I can call earthquake to happen and come to pass. I can call the seawater, the, the water will also obey me. In the, in the name of the Lord, the water will obey us also. My brother and sister, the Lord wanted me to see how he will give us in that glorified body power over the water, over the sea, over the air, over the earth. If we want to cause an earthquake, my brother and sister, anywhere, we have, all we have to do is speak it out, and immediately the earth would happen. If we want a hurricane, and immediately will happen, we call it a tsunami. We can call it in that glorified body. Jesus allowed me to experience this last night like, oh, my Lord. How little do we know? How little do we know, my brother and sister? He's given us power, as he told his disciples after the resurrection. And this power, he's going to manifest it in the days to come. He says to me, you are about to come into, to be into your glorified body, where everything will change for you, he says. Everything will change. God is about to change us and change our life completely. This fear that people have of the things to come, the church of Christ, the church that is going home with the Lord, don't need to be afraid. Paul says that at the last trumpet, we will be changed to the Corinthians and we will be transformed at the last trumpet. This is a mighty promise. At the end of the three days of darkness, Jesus will be here to change us, to call us by name, and change us and transform us. I saw when Jesus, in another revelation, called us by name and said, Elvis. And when he called me by name, I immediately was before him in the, in the, in the literal, in the spirit, but it was also in the physical. And I was in my glorified body because we'll be on this earth moving like lightning anywhere, my brother and sister. And, he be, and as I was standing there before Jesus, he began to call other of my brothers and sisters by name. And immediately they were there in the glorified body standing before the Lord. And the moment he called us by name, he knows our name, remember? Thank you, Lord. Our name is in the book of life, remember? And when he called us, we were immediately changed and transformed. And last nine, when he, how many passed through the other half of the three days of darkness? I was immediately in my glorified body and moving around. And when I tell this young lady, I was explaining how this understanding in my glorified body from the Lord that I could order the wind, and I called the wind, and it came, grab this young man and take him away, lift him up, and the wind obeyed me and took, took, took him away, hundreds of miles away. My brother and sister, where he could not come against me anymore. Hallelujah. But I noticed that those 
that were not repenting, that were not seeking the Lord truthfully, that had not committed their life to Jesus, that had not received the Lord as the Lord and Savior, they were not glorified. Those that God will, will have them make it through, because only God can help, help us make it through, to save them, they didn't have a glorified body. I'm not sure. I don't know if they're going to get it. I believe this is for the bride. Because Paul says, us, when he says us, okay, let me look it up. Because he's talking to the church. He's not talking to the, to, to the unbeliever or, or, or the one to come. He's talking to, to the church. My brother and sister, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Praise you, Jesus. Is that, I believe that's what it says, Brother Tony, no? That we, we will be changed, we will be transformed. Talking, and when he says we, he's referring to the church, he's not referring to uh, uh, to the non-believer. So he's keeping it within the church. The message is, hallelujah, thank you, Lord. The message is for the church. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. We. If it's 51, like 1551. 1 Thessalonians 4.13. 4? Yeah. Oh, no, I'm talking about Corinthian, Corinthian. Hallelujah. When he said, we will be changed, we will be... I'm reading for the Amplified Bible. Okay. Okay, he says, Behold, I will show you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. It's, it's just, I know it's repeating, in a moment, in a, twink, in a twinkling of an eye, as the last trump before the trumpet shall sound, the dead shall rise in character, and we, sh- and we shall be changed. So he keeps saying, we, we, we. Yeah. And when he says, we, 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 he's talking about the church, us. Yeah. Okay? Not anybody else. So this change, this transformation, is something special the Lord is doing for his bride. Yeah. My brother insisted, because he he's been very specific with me when he called when he called the people that would change immediately when he called them, and we were right before him. It was not everybody, okay, but I could see the group of people that I know of the Lord Tower that were there, changing transformed, which it was awesome. It's awesome, my brother insisted that we're going to have so many of us together being changed and being transformed. At the last trumpet. Remember that Jesus resurrected on the third day. Very specific. So with first day begins the three days of darkness at 10 a.m. The first day of the, of the, of the three days of darkness by 10 a.m. is begin to get dark. By 12 noon, it's completely dark already. So by that time, you should already been into your house. That's why the day before the three days of darkness, we're going to have the, the, the red cloud in the north, specifically. Okay? So we can tell that, you know, remember the dream the Lord's given me where my son Levi and Joshua and Brother Tony was here, Brother Ben? We were outside receiving the people. Okay? And remember that when the Lord gave me this dream, Brother Tony was not even here yet. He was not in North Carolina yet. He was in Indiana, USA, my brother and sister. Okay, and the Lord showed me that he will be here. And, and this is why I tell you, there's no coincidence in God. It's not a single coincidence. Brother Tony was here helping us. 
And we were there were people arriving because of the destruction that had happened in Florida and the different states. And people were arriving. Most of them came walking here from Florida. And we were asking them how, and as they said, it, it was, they walked all those days, my brother and sister. And it's going to take people several days to make it from Orlando, anywhere in Florida where people are, and others stay under destruction. This earthquake that is coming is going to uh, the Titanic play. Let, let me share how someone had a dream the other day about it. These people were walking in the, in, the, in the mountains. They were cutting wood, I think it was the person said. And their sister saw the day of the earthquake in California. It's not just a simple earthquake. This is a titanic plague earthquake, okay? And she said in her dreams that when it happened, it was like the earth moved, shifted, in different, how do I explain this? It shifted in such a way that she saw one of the guys grabbing out to a tree and the, his body was in the air flowing. That's how much it, it shifted. I'll give you another sample. The dream of the plane that I had last night, that it was heading down. That's kind of the, what this lady experienced in the dream. Okay. She experienced the earth move in such a way that you have to grab onto something. Okay? This is why the Titanic play, and the scientists have talked about this too. This earthquake that is coming is dangerous. One is because all our, our power, all the power outages in the United States that are coming. Almost in every, I would say in every single state. Because I knew in the spirit that every state, we have people coming from our north. Let's say Indiana, Minnesota, okay? Our north. Anywhere from our north, and people were saying that they had no power. Because we asked them, I said, do you have any power? They said, no. There's no. And as long as they knew there was no power, okay, at all, my brother and sisters, no power in California, no power anywhere. Because California will be destroyed. Arizona, New Mexico, all these states around California will be highly affected, connected with California. Highly, highly. California is completely destroyed. Every other state is highly affected. They have no power at all, neither. Okay? Our power grid is all connected in the United States. So the blackout was completely. Now, major highway, major road are going to be destroyed. You cannot get on your car and drive anywhere. All bridges will be down. Okay? All bridges. Even there's a bridge I had a dream that where we go to Murder Beach that was down completely. And in a dream, it's like we went there and we were coming back. We couldn't cross what our vehicle, the bridge was down. You know, you're thinking, I'm going to use all, all my all-wheel my, uh, drive or my 4x4 four four to try to get it up there. It, it was very, very difficult. So, again, remember this. In the days to come, because this is close, you need to ask the Lord before you go anywhere. Okay? Now, in the three days of darkness, 
every single country will be affected. The three days of darkness are not just for the United States. Okay? My brother and sister. Okay? Every country in the three days of darkness will be cleansed. This is a cleansing for the earth that is coming. So some people may live in another country may say, well, that's in the United States. That's not going to affect them. No. This is going to affect everybody because people in other countries, Germany, France, other countries, Australia, they're having dreams of this stuff, of the things the Lord is talking about. They're having dreams. They have a revelation from the Lord about this stuff having happened in their country, in London. You can be in Colombia, Venezuela, Central America. It doesn't matter. Mexico, Canada. It doesn't matter. People are having dreams of these things happening, but they cannot explain it. Why is this happening? People say, why is this darkness? And why are these people killing all these people? Why? They cannot explain it. I believe this program has explained a lot of this. I haven't heard about another program that gives out so much information. There's a brother on YouTube that I, I love to listen to him. I forget his name. He's always talking about three days of darkness. He's always bringing more and more. The Lord's always giving him more. He's practically almost on every day, and he's giving a lot of information. I love to listen to him because he gets a lot of information out. But my brother and sister, this is serious. This is important. This thing is close. And as the Lord said, people have already been ready. I just don't know why is it that if the Lord has given people so many warnings about this to come, so many people take it so lightly. So many people are not preparing at all. They're not saving food, emergency food supply. They're not putting it away. They're not getting ready with clothing, with things. Look at this winter coming up. The Lord is saying that this is going to be a really hard winter. How hard is going to be, only God knows. But the Lord already seeing. Brother Ben was telling me, that the Lord let him know that this is going to be a very hard winter. And there's been other people saying the same. We need to prepare for the worst, my brother and sister. That whatever happened, we're not so affected. Okay? That dream of the plane last night is it, really telling me that we're going to go through a moment ourselves that we're going to feel very, very uncomfortable with this, this type of judgment that is coming. My brother, my sister. So, let's continue to repent. So, he is faithful. Thanks a faithful God who keeps the covenant and mercy within that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations, to a thousand generations. But look at the key here, that love him. What did Jesus say about the love, that those that love him? If you love me, Jesus said, you will keep my commandment. What do you say, Brother Johnny? Yeah. Yeah, that is true. If we love him, you know, we're going to keep his commandments. We fear him also, you know, because when we, when we love the Lord, we also fear him. You know, the fear of the Lord is the only fear that needs to be in us, first of all, you know. Uh, but, yeah, if we love, if we love the Lord, you know, we're going to try our best. You know, to keep his commandments, you know. And of course, he helps us too, yeah. Uh, to keep his commandments. Because that's that's what we want to do, you know. We want to be faithful to him. We want to keep his commandments. You know, we don't want to break any of them, you know. 
because um, because we love him and we love him, we fear him, you know, and we don't wanna we don't wanna grieve him, right? We don't wanna grieve him with our by sinning, you know. At least that's how I see it, you know. I don't wanna grieve him. I don't wanna do something that's gonna separate him from me, you know. So. Amen. Yeah. I take. First Samuel two thirty five. I will rise me up a faithful priest who should that shall do according to that which is in my my heart and my mind, and I will build his sure house. And he shall walk before before mine anointed forever. Okay, this is Jesus. My brother and sister. It's amazing that when God shows Moses when they're before the, the bitter water and the people were complaining because the water was bitter, God shows uh, uh, a tree to Moses, the observation, revelation. And he grabs a branch and throws it into the water, says one Bible. And the water becomes sweet. It doesn't say that the water becomes fresh by regular water. They became sweet. So the water becomes like a lemonade. And I was thinking about the lemonade today. Because I seen lemonade like in heaven. And the water became like a lemonade. They became sweet. Not fresh, sweet. The Bible is very specific. They became sweet. And you get sweet from the fruit. You know? And and it became sweet. Imagine a whole pond, an example. Turn it into a lemonade for the people. Imagine how much drink they drink out of that. They were sweet. I love sweet. Not necessarily fresh, but I love sweet, you know, in my taste. So imagine if you had turned my water into sweet, I'm drinking lemonade all day long. That would be awesome, my brother and sister. So I'm looking forward to that. God knows exactly um, exactly who, who, what we need and what we, what we like. Not like he allowed me to eat that fruit up in the heavens. And it was, it, it, it seems like a mango. It seems like another fruit I, I know from back in the island. And between that fruit and the mango, but when I tasted it, it tastes so good. I never tasted such a sweet, non-sugary, non, no chemical in it, mm-hmm. fruit in my whole life. And I just wanted to stay there eating fruit. But I knew that when we go to heaven, I can go visit that place and eat fruit without any problem, my brother and sister. Actually, in that place where the Lord took me to, which is a planet, Jesus liked to go there and do Bible study. So if you want to go to a Bible study in heaven when you go, you can go visit that place, and you'll find Jesus there giving a Bible study, and people love it. And you can go out there and eat some fruit if you want. Heaven is such a fun place. People got the wrong idea about heaven. Heaven is a fun place. The things that God has made up there for us, he wants us to enjoy. So that's why when the children of Israel were before that bitter water, God said, watch out what I'm going to do. He chose Moses' vision. Now, the tree that Moses saw was Jesus. Could not have been anybody. Our sweet Lord, my brother and sister, because he is all we need. What was the other one you were sharing earlier about the Lord? Was it that the, 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 the yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah. It was uh, like a, I believe there's a different name, but like a hatchet, you know that. Uh, the iron. The iron hatchet. Yeah, I, I would remember reading it, and it, but it was uh, it talks because we were saying how that represents what Jesus did in Jesus. The yeah. Yes. Because it was that the prophet made a flaw in the water. Yeah, prophet Elisha. Elisha. Yeah. But then it says in the book of, uh, I, I think it's either Luke or, or Matthew, mm-hmm. that the hatchet is, is, is at the nest of every tree. Mm-hmm. That every every tree that produces no fruit will be cut. Yeah. So that is just Jesus. Mm-hmm. Because in John. That's what, John was the one that was speaking about Jesus that way. He mm-hmm. was the one that said it, or, uh, but John Baptist was the one that said it. Yes, but in John 15, it says, Every branch in me that bear no fruit, he take it away. And every branch that bear fruit, he purged it, that may bring more fruit. So he, he, he takes it away. There's another translation that it, it says, let me see. Thank you, Lord. Every branch part, uh, part of me failed to bear fruit. He cuts it off. This is the word I was looking for. You see why I have to try a different Bible? Because it's it just, one is, is, is direct and specific to the message. He cut it off. And that's a hatch right there. Mm-hmm. That's a tool. It's a metal tool. He cuts the branches, which you can use a machete also and all yeah. that. Yeah. You know? But then John says about the hatch being next to, you find that one? Oh, I haven't, yeah. Thank you, Lord. You can look for that one. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. As first Simon twenty six twenty three, the Lord render to every man his righteousness, his faithfulness. For the Lord deliver thee into my hand today, but I will not stretch forth my hand against the Lord anointed. And this was Samuel, and this is represent God putting your your enemy in your hand. But be careful you don't you don't strike your enemy, because vengeance and mine says the Lord. So it's not for you and I to take vengeance. Can ask the Lord to do it for you, you know. And David trusted on the Lord to. He didn't struck. He didn't struck so. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a right thing in his hand. He could have struck him. He didn't do that. Yeah. Very important. Yeah. You find it? Yeah. It's uh, Luke three nine. It says that. Uh, um, and now also the axe is laid onto the root of the tree. Every tree, therefore, which bringeth not forth good fruit, it's hewn down and cast into the fire. That's it. So that has is the Lord, no? Yeah. That's Jesus. And, and, and the, the, he has a feet or his feet are feet of steel, I think it's uh that we read in, in, in um thank you Lord in, in Daniel. Believe it's in Daniel. Thank you, Lord. Which is you know, was representing the Lord. You know? That they have steel on his feet. Thank you, Lord. Let me see. I think I've I seen it. I know it's in da- Daniel. Thank you, Lord. So he, he's going to uh, step over his enemy because they're under his feet. You know? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Hallelujah. Quick looking for verses. It's so incredible, but, you know, okay, so show the iron and the north iron in the steel. Okay, thank you, Lord. 
praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. It is in Daniel. For some reason, it's not coming up in the Bible. They have changed this Bible so much that uh, a lot of things are not coming up quickly as we used to look for them. And, and wow, it was so easy to find now. They're not. They're not. Thank you, Lord. And even here, okay, still. Now we have to look it up. Thank you, Lord. All right, let me keep reading here. Thank you, Yeshua. Praise you, Yahashua, hallelujah. There's so many examples in the Old Testament of the faithfulness of God. Uh, Nehemiah there, my brothers and sisters. Thank you, Lord. But God, uh, David, uh, in Psalm 201, for uh, help, Lord, for that godly man sees us, for the faithfulness fail from among the children of men. So he's talking about not trusting men, only God. Okay. Uh, and then 3123, the O Lord, uh, O love, Lord, O ye his saying, for the Lord preserved the faithful, but plentiful rewarded uh, the proud word. So in other words, he told his people. Okay. Then Psalm 36, 5, Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heaven. Thy faithfulness reaches unto the cloud. I mean, we were talking about this verse earlier. You know, his faithfulness, my brother insisted. Thank you. Thank you for that. His feet is like unto the brass in the burnt furnace, and his voice has the sound of many water. Amen. I believe Daniel saw him uh, uh, the same. Okay. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Yeshua. Amen. He is faithful. He is faithful. He is a faithful God. Psalm 89, 1, I will sing of, of his mercy, of the mercy of the Lord forever with my mouth, where I may know thy faithfulness to all generations. And this is what we need to know in our uh, being in a gratitude to the Lord. Okay? He's, he's, he's faithful. Amen. And Yasha, you want to read this one, 89.5? Um, Thank you, And Lord. the heavens shall praise thy wonders, O Lord, thy faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints. Amen. And who are the saints? <clears throat> Not the same in Rome, the same in the church. Amen. Not the idol that they have set up saying, no, it's the church, God people. Those are the saints that he's talking about. Hallelujah. Uh, Psalm uh, 89a, uh, Brother Tony. Yeah. It says, uh, O Lord God of hosts, who is strong, who is strong, Lord, like unto thee? Or to thy faithfulness around thee, round about thee. Around about thee. Mm-hmm. So his faithfulness is around about us, about us, around us, about. Like it, it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He can keep us. He can protect us. He can deliver us. Amen. And and there's nothing like 
I, I thought the plane was going to crash, and we were like, well, we're going to struggle to, to help. We will have to probably swim out. Or immediately, I'm thinking this plane is going to crash. It's going straight down. Looks like the, 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 the pilot lost control. It's going to hit the water. Maybe we'll have a chance to swim away. And, and I heard a testimony of a guy surviving a plane. He was going to Central America. The plane crashed into the sea. And he swam for three days. You know, God was able to keep him. But in this revelation, it was totally, God was totally in control. The only one there not felt comfortable in the situation was me. And the Lord has said about that, that some of us, in, in, the, in this great testing that is coming on the earth, we are not going to feel comfortable. It's going to shake our, our lives. Things are going to ch- shake and, and change our lives. And when we find ourselves in all this great judgment, we're not going to be comfortable. But it's shortly that it's going to happen, and the Lord is with us. We don't need to feel be afraid. We're going to have peace in the middle of all this mess coming. Yeah, the earth will shake and move. There's a verse in the Bible that I believe that he said, even if the earth shakes or the earth moves, amen, I will, they will not be afraid. Amen. I will trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, First Chronicles 16.30, fear, fear before him, all the earth, the world also shall be stable, that is being not moved. See what I'm saying? So, because God is in control. Hallelujah. Second uh, Samuel 22 eight. the earth shook and trembled. The foundation of heaven moved and shook because he was wrapped. He was angry. Amen. What does that mean exactly? That we're going to experience that is what it means. We're going to go through a shakening. We're going to go through a move. It's going to move. The foundation of heaven moved and it shook. Amen. And the earth shook and trembled. So it's a, it's a shaking and a tremble. How do you explain that, Brother Tony? Of the earth. Shaking and tremble of the earth. Shaking, yes. With similar, you know, similar words. Um, it's, uh, it could also mean, you know, the fear of, of people, you know, fear of... Is how they experience it? Yeah, like... Yeah, it's also part of, you know, shakening of, of the earth, but also, you know, shakening of uh, people, you know, and um, shakening, you know, the people will be shaken, and, um, but the Lord yeah, shook. shook, yeah. Shook is like, like this, no? Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Like an earthquake. Yeah. What about tremble? Because this tremble has to be different than shooking, shooking and tremble. So tremble is like more upside down, boom, 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 and shaking is sideways, basically. Because that's how an earthquake is feel when it, when you had a powerful earthquake, six, seven, yeah. it, 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 it shakes. Yeah. But then tremble is much more, much, you know, like in your feet, you can feel that. Mm-hmm. Tremble, yeah. 
trembling, you know. But then the fo- the foundation I haven't moved. I just play that one now. So we're gonna want to move now. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be in uh, the heavens, you know, which would be the. Is that what? Is that the upside down? The magnetic field not yeah. not working as it should. Yeah. Because you know the the magnetic field help protect our 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 our, our earth from up in the heaven yeah. from meteor coming into an earth. That's what scientists say. Yeah. Uh, what do they call it? Magnetic field. Believe it is. So, wow. Wow, big changes are coming. Yeah. Big changes. Were you able to find that verse? We're looking for. Uh, for which one was it in the? Thank you, Lord. Uh, what was it about again? The. Uh, I'm trying to think. Uh, it, it was the Earth. Um, move. Okay, I think it's might be this one. It says, "Therefore, we will not fear, though the Earth should change, and though the mountains be shaken and slip into the heart of the seas." Yeah, that's in Psalms. Yeah. Forty-six says, "A Psalm says the heathen rage, the kingdom were move. He uttered his voice, and the earth melted." Wow, that is power. Yeah. He uttered his voice, and the voice. So, what is going to take for for for? Remember what we were talking about earlier, right? I was wondering, and this is going to help a lot of people. I was wondering why that Bible says in Genesis 1 that when God created the earth, it was empty and void. I was wondering about that. Why was it empty and void? And you know what I heard for years? That's why you got to be careful what you hear. But what I heard for years is that since demons were on the earth, they caused all that emptiness and void. But not necessarily because... What happened was God, when he made it, I'll give you an example. Why is Mars empty and boy? Why is Pluto empty and boy? Why are all these planets in our solar system empty and boy? But when God spoke the word, he began to organize to make things right. And so God, what God is doing there is teaching us that it doesn't matter what the condition of anything is. And we speak the the word, it will bring forth life. Yeah. It will it will do what God says it will do. So making it empty and boy and boy, and then Him speaking the word for things to come about was to teach us. God is a greater teacher. He was teaching us to use the word for every occasion, for every problem you have on the earth. Use the words because by the word he made the heaven, by the word he made the earth. If you go to heaven and you get to go to the throne of Father, and you say, Father, how do you make all these things? And he's going to tell you, what does my word say? Yeah. What does my word say? By the word he made everything. So he was teaching us there that whatever the situation is, to speak the word of God over it. And then everything will come into order. Uh, one day I heard the, uh, a preacher pray, praying for healing. And it was the more, re- the more weird to me as a Christian. It was the more weird prayer I ever heard. 
but it was a teaching to me. He was praying for someone's leg. And he was laying hand and he says, Let this leg come together according to the word of God. He says, in the name of the Lord. Let it be healed. Let it come together according to the word of God. Now I'm like, according to the word of God. And it's because God spoke the word and thank word, and he saw that it was good. What do you think is going to happen to that leg? And the person leg got healed, my brother and sister, and it came according to, to, the, to, the, to the word. So last night I was meditating on one word, and it was healing. I saw a movie, a testimony of a movie, a real-life testimony of this young man who was sick with cancer. And a lot of people in the neighborhood got touched by him and his family. And one donated a car. People started donating to the family, okay? But even with the donation, he was still sick and getting worse and dying. He had little to live. But a woman of God who was close to the family heard about the situation. And she called a minister who prayed for healing. And the minister said, God, all the Christians together, and we're going to lay hand on him. And they got the boy together, and they all laid hand on him. After he got really bad. And the Lord did the miracle and healed him. My brother and sister, while everybody focused on donation to help the family, the kid was still getting worse, and it was about to die. And to God, you someone with wisdom. Okay, and did this, and this is what he quoted. This is what the pastor quoted. Is there any sick, James 5, 14, is there any sick among you? Let him call the elder of the church and let them pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And here's what he says. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sin, they shall be forgiven. But the word was, the Lord will raise him up. The first thing that we should be doing when someone is sick, when someone is in the hospital dying, is to all to come together and pray for the Lord to heal this person. But what is the first thing our flesh wants us to do? It's in a donation. But we forget what's the most important thing. is the healing and the salvation of the soul. We forget, my brother and sister, like the Lord told my aunt in heaven. The best, what is the best thing you can do for someone on earth? It is not to give them food. It is not to give them clothing or to give them money. It is to pray for them to get my father involved in their lives, and everything will change for them. He said, we forget that all the time. And we act in a way for, for hundreds of thousands of organizations have been donating to the poor. And the poor have been dying without being saved. It's not more money that we need. It's more of God that we need on the earth. It's to get God involved in people's problems. Because when you get God involved in people's problems, God has all the power and all the authority to change the situation. Look what it says. And the Lord shall raise him up. When we get God involved in someone's life who is sick, and the Lord will raise them up. My brother and sister, the Lord will do his work. When we do our work, 
We've been doing the opposite for thousands of years. That's why the earth is so wicked, it's so evil. There's so many people dying. There's so many people going to hell because we all keep acting in the same way. Let's throw some money in the problem, and it should be okay. And it's not okay. It's not okay. God wants us to learn to get him in both first. Why don't we say, let all come together and pray? My brother and sister, it's okay if you want to send a donation. Look, I'm going to give you any power west side where I just use it to, to, to support there. Oh, glory be to God, not to me, anybody else. Okay? And you can send them a donation. You can support them. But I am telling you, let's get God involved into the situation. Let's get God involved. Let's come together now as brothers and sisters. And let's pray for this woman who's in the hospital. Let's ask the Lord to get involved in her life. Let's ask Jesus to raise her up. Because the Lord will raise her up if we pray. The Lord will hear her. And if she has committed sin, they will be forgiven. The Lord can forgive her. We cannot, but the Lord can if we pray. We're talking about the man that was in the mass, and they brought him through the, Jesus was teaching, and the people brought him through the roof of the house. And Jesus says that because of the faith of those that brought him down. Hallelujah. He forgave them his sin, and he healed them. For the faith of those that brought him down. Let's come together now in the name of the Lord. Let's do a special prayer for this woman that, that, that uh, Brother Eddie Powell was talking about, who's in the hospital. Let's get Jesus, Lord, in your name. We come together, Yeshua. We come together, Jehoshua. We come together in the name of Jesus, Lord, that this woman that is in the hospital, Lord, we come together in your name, Lord. We send your word over her body, over the hospital, Jesus, that you will come and get involved in her life, Jesus, that you will come and raise her up and fix her situation, physically, emotionally, psychologically, no matter what it is. We pray for healing over her body, healing over her situation, the finance situation also will be healed. In Jesus' name, we send the word. We come together in Jesus' name. We pray, Lord, by your strife, by your wound, Lord, you carry her infirmary. You carry her, her pain, Lord, the stripe in your back and your hand work for her. Lord Jesus, and we pray that you will heal her in Jesus' name. You will heal her body. We'll come in in the name of Jesus that she will be raised up by you, Lord, that you will visit her, and that you will raise her up from the bed. In Jesus' name, oh, Lord, in Jesus' name, Yeshua name, Jehoshua name, mighty Lord, bring the miracle healing, Lord, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. In your name we pray, by your strife, by your wounds, she is healed. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Praise to God. Praise to Yeshua. You see that the prayer of the righteous availeth much. My brother and sister, Jesus can raise up. God can raise up. Hallelujah. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. Salvation. And the Lord will raise them up. My brother and sister, the Lord can do all this for this person. In the name of Jesus. When we ask for, when we come together. Thank you. Remember my aunt was dying in the hospital and we all came together and the Lord shall and pray. My brother and sister, she only had a week before they disconnected the machine from her. And God raised her up. The day they disconnected the machine, my uncle thought that she just said that was there for her. No, it was not. God raised her back up again. And still she's alive until this day for the glory of God. God did the, the miracle of her life, my brother and sister. We need to, to pray, and I 
We're thanking everyone here for what God did in her life, my brother and sister. But even in heaven, the Lord said, look, there are people, look, in America praying for you. She never been to America. And we pray here, and God did that in the islands. All things are possible. God, There's no distance with God. There's no distance with him. He can do it anywhere. Thank you, Lord. But we need to depend on the Lord for these things and call upon the name of the Lord. And to whom we should be saved, my brother and sister. This is why the Lord wants us to do it. Because, hallelujah, he can save them. And he can raise them up. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Yeshua. Psalm 89, 2, for I have said, mercy should be built up forever. The faithfulness should be established. Hallelujah. In the very heaven. You go to heaven, he's faithful up there. And he's faithful down here. He's keeping his words with his people. My brother and my sister. Amen. Every, every, every Pope I was asking for donation for her. You can go to the page there that I, that I gave you there and support them. Thank you, Lord. It's very important that we thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We support, we support people in need. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, God. Uh, Psalm 89:24. But my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him, and my name shall he his horn and be assaulted. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is faithful. And he is faithful to his people. And he shows our faithfulness because no matter what we go through, he will save you. He will deliver us. He will be with us. He told us he will never leave us. He will not forsake us. And we forget. We forget, but God doesn't want us to forget. Ask the Lord. I'm praying that the Lord help me not to forget. Help me not to forget, Lord, his faithfulness. So, this is why we need to be in the Word and, and listening to the Word and reading the Word so we don't forget how faithful the Lord is. Thank you, Lord, because He is a faithful God. Thank you, Lord. Psalm 119, thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth and is abiding. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I thought we were going to crash in that dream and that plane. We were going to... Uh, you know, if the plane goes deep into the sea, it's hard to swim out of that. So I kept thinking, as soon as I hit the water and jumping out through the window. Yeah. Then so you think, but how am I going to get out the window? The windows are sealed. How am I going to open the door when that door is to be open, all that pressure of the water? It's almost impossible. So you start thinking everything that you could do, but it, it comes a moment when God will show you he's in control. He will protect you where you can do nothing. Because in that situation, a plane going down, what can you do? It's going to go over down over 200 miles an hour as they're going down or more. What can you do in a 200 mile going down? But as, as long as God is our protector, our deliverer, our helper, it doesn't matter the situation. You know, he says to me, soon your life is going to change, he says. Soon your life is going to change when we are in a glorified body. And he showed me. So all the worry we have now, all the concern that we have now, will dissipate. Will not be anymore in a glorified body. Because you don't have to eat. You don't have to sleep. You're not going to get tired of getting tired. Now you're going to be going here and there quickly. Okay? And that's what the Lord wants for us, my brother and sister. Amen. Thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Very, very important, my brother and sister. We trust the Lord in all this. Amen. Uh, Psalm 119.38, Thy testimony how thou commanded it are righteous and very faithful, says David. Very. Not just faithful, very faithful. It's something that we can trust, and the Lord is good because he's going to help us. He's going to provide. He's going to supply. He's going to open the door. Thank you, Lord. 143, 1 Psalm. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Give ear to my supplication. And thy faithfulness answer me. And in thy righteousness. How did he pray? Supplication. Supplication is just not a simple prayer. It's a prayer where you really humble yourself. He says he shares spirit with the humble, with the meek. Yeah. You know? And supplication is really like begging. It's really asking God. God, help me. God, be there for me. Supply me. There were times in my life where I didn't know what I was going to do. And I really needed God to intervene. And I was like, if God doesn't intervene, I don't know what's going to happen with my life. But he did. He did. I trusted in the Lord, and I was never put to shame. He was there for me, faithfully. My brother insisted. And that's why, since he's been so faithful to me all these years in my family, I can recommend the Lord to anybody. I recommend Jesus 100%. I recommend Father and the Holy Spirit 100% as a faithful God. Because in the moment where I thought that I could lose my life, and I did lose my life a couple of times, and he saved me, he delivered me. Remember the day I died in my apartment? I was out of my body. My body was dead in bed, and I was standing in the spirit, and the Lord let me experience that because I was thinking, well, wow, my body's dead. I'm outside of my body, and I was standing. What's going to happen now? And the Lord brought me back into my body, restored my body, healed my body, and I'm here speaking with you to show me that he has power over death. He is life, and nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. Marvelous sister. And I experienced it, and I saw it. He wanted me to experience. It was not easy to experience, but I did. And I immediately understood this. When I was outside my body, God is in control. He's in control. Because what human being can brought me back to my body, none can but the Lord. And not only did he brought me back, but he saved me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for those that are supporting Janine. I believe he said his name is her Janine. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So I recommend Jesus to anyone. Hallelujah. Praise you, God. He will not lie. Jesus will never lie. Jesus will never deceive us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He is faithful, God. And he will remain faithful to us. My brothers and sisters, we need to continue to trust in him. Says that, Proverbs 29, 14, the king that, that's, that's faithful judges the poor. His throne shall be established forever. 
and that's the throne of Jesus. It will be established forever, and it will remain forever, my brother and my sister. So don't be dismayed. Don't be confused. Trust in the Lord. Pray, pray, pray. Call upon the name of Jesus. Say, Lord, help me. Lord, deliver me. Lord, answer me. Please be faithful to me. And you will see the faithfulness of the Lord in the last day. It was so short, as the Lord showed me last time, it's practically, practically in the Spirit. There was nothing left in time. If you will tell me how much time you saw, I practically saw nothing. There was something there. Okay? But the time, when I look into the time between here and when, the, when that is going to happen, it was very little in the Spirit. But it, it was clear. The time was so clear, see if I can describe it, that I knew there was some there, but it was practically nothing. I can see all the time that have passed already. And compared to the time that have passed, it could have been the time of my life, 51 years. Compared to 51 years old that I am going to 52. My friends, it was very little. Very little. It's dividing 51 into practically nothing in years. And that's what we have left, my brother and sister. So, again, to me, and the spirit was it's closer than what we think. Okay? That's why I keep asking me, so what is it that we're thinking? Because it's closer than what we think, than what's in the mind. I believe it's closer than what we, that we can conceive. Because see, when we talk about time in the Lord, we, we calculate, oh, this, next year, the year after, this and that. We have a calculation. Some people do it by the feast. I hear people online calculating the time by the feast, calculating the time by the event that happened in these thousands of years. You know what happened after the cross, the, the Israel being back as a nation. People use it every single event that is biblical, prophetic, as a, as a tool to calculate time, my brother and sister. But I knew, like, looking at my mind and the mind of men and the spirit, that it's closer than what we're thinking. It's close. And the best thing you and I can do now is prepare. Not complain. Not be lukewarm as a Christian. Not being single backsliding is repenting. The only time we have left is to repent. I remember Jesus came to me a few months back and said, very soon he's going, when he told me he was going to move me out of the ministry, those that are not ready, he showed me a few that were not ready and told me then the others that were ready. You know, they're not ready. Like, if they're not ready now when they should be getting ready, they're going to miss the rush of those that are not ready. But those that are ready will go home with him, will be changed, will be transformed. But those that are lukewarm, okay, you need to get in serious repenting with the Lord. The reason why we have this time that God gave to us, as the last time, Father says, is for the lukewarm to repent. And we have not stopped telling people to repent and to turn to the Lord. And seek the Lord. Get into fasting and prayer. Take it serious. Every day as it comes to you, take it very serious. Our tomorrow is in God's hand. 
So when we need to repentance today, where the Lord have us to be? And we are in position to repent. The chance and the opportunity is now, not tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow will bring. My brother and sister, oh, Lord, help us. Help us. What do you say, Brother Tony? Yeah, that is the message that the Lord, you know, is bringing out, you know. That's the message. It's sincere repentance. Um, You know, he gave you that message, and it's exactly what he wants for us now. It's sincere repentance. You know, we can't. We can't be looking back now, at least not now. We're too close, you know. We're too close um, to be going home, you know. Uh, whatever happened, it happened, you know. Our past is our past now. We've got to focus on the Lord. And and uh, it's, it's sincere repentance is what he's saying, you know. It's a life that is pleasing to God, you know. That our ways be pleasing to him, like his word says, uh, when the ways of a man please the Lord, he will make his enemies at peace with him. But it's when our ways please him, you know, which that's in sincere repentance, a life that is pleasing to him. You know, um, it's sincere repentance is, is the key now. It's what he wants for us because sincere repentance is what's going to get us through this three days of darkness that is coming. You know, if we're not in sincere repentance, <laughs> there's no guarantee, you know. You know, and uh, like lukewarmness, there's no guarantee in that. You know, it's His mercy that can that can bring someone through. You know, but like I said, there's no guarantee. And to still repentance, there's guarantee that He's gonna deliver us, that He's going to bring us through anything that's gonna that's heading our way. You know, so that's His that's His message now is still repentance before Him. And um, I wanted to bring this Bible verse that it goes with. It's Second Chronicles 7:14. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and, and will forgive their sin and heal their land. But he says, if they do it, if they, you know, humble themselves and if we humble ourselves and seek Him, and, and uh, then that's when He's going to do the rest. Amen. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. What do you say, Yeshua? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Amen. To us, Isaiah twenty-five, one. O Lord, Thou art my God. I will exalt Thee. I will praise Thy name, for Thou hast done wonderful things. Thy counsel of all our faithfulness and truth. You know, he comes to us because he loves us. And he'll rebuke us because he loves us. Yeah. The father that loves us don't rebuke, rebuke him. Yeah. And a lot of people don't like the rebuke, though. What do you think about that? Yeah, uh, and, you know, that's who we are. You know, sometimes we don't like the rebuke, but that's what helps us to grow is that rebuke. You know, when something feels uncomfortable, then that's when we're actually growing, you know. And God, that's what he wants us to go do is grow. But for that, he has to rebuke us. You know, he has to teach us. And his teaching sometimes is, you know, when he rebukes us, it's not very, very pleasant. You know, but that's when we're actually growing in him. You know. Amen. That is so true. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Jeremiah twenty two twenty eight. Listen to those that don't don't like the tell me for question dreams. But Jeremiah twenty two twenty eight says the prophet that had a dream. 
Let him tell the dream, and these have my word. Let him speak my word faithfully. What is the shaft that we say of the Lord? So it's important that when we have dreams, we share them, you know. And we said, well, this is the dream I had. Because if you stay quiet, how do you edify people? You know, dreams are, are like the dream about the plane. I wasn't thinking to share that dream because I was thinking, what is the significant about this dream? But then the Lord spoke to me and said that it was prophetic. And then, you know, he gave Brother Tony actually the meaning of the dream. It's what I understood. I was like, wow, it's really what it means. It's, it's a time that we're going to go through that we're going to feel very uncomfortable. But it's shortly frightened like Peter, you know, and, and but the Lord saves them. Yeah. The Lord saves them. Well, we're going to say, Lord, save me. And we're going to see the hand of the Lord saving us. Yeah. He's the right hand of God. Jesus is the right hand of God. And the right hand of God is going to save us, my brother and sister. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It says that in Jeremiah 42, 5, Then they said to Jeremiah, The Lord be true and faithful witness between us. Because he is faithful witness. And if we do not do even according to all the things for which the Lord thy God shall send thee to us. Amen. So our faithful witness is Jesus. He called and he told the disciples, Ye are my witness. Hallelujah. Lamentation 3.23. There are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. I believe it's a song that says that, right? Great is thy faithfulness. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Uh, I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness. Thou shalt know the Lord, Hosea 2.20. Amen. And everyone has to experience it with themselves with the Lord. That's why we can talk about the Lord's faithfulness. But you have to experience it yourself. And the best way is to pray. One thing I learned for many years from men and women that walk with God and the Lord teaching me is that one problem that sometimes we have as a Christian is that, and I used to do that a long time ago, is that we pray only when things are going good. When things are going bad, a lot of people stop praying, and even pray, they stop even praising God. But they stop praying and stop seeking God. And we, we need to be committed. Moses was faithful in all the house of the Lord. Moses, in his own personal prayer with God, personal relationship, he was faithful with God. Okay? We need to have a faithful prayer life. Okay? In Gethsemane, Jesus told uh, John and Matthew, could you not pray with me one hour? So the Lord is only asking, uh, in the midnight hour, Jesus wanted them to pray with him, and they could not pray with him one hour. If you pray every night, every morning, one single hour with the Lord will bless your life and will keep you strong in the Lord. And you will, you will live the faithfulness of the Lord in your life. But you need to do it every day. You cannot tell the Lord, Lord, I'm going to pray one hour with you that you request from your disciple, because I'm your disciple. And then don't do it one day or another day. Some people will do it one day, and, it's, and two days after, they'll all do it. No. 
if you want to see, you want to experience the faithfulness of the Lord in your life, you need to have a prayer life at least one hour every day, every night, every morning. One hour at least with the Lord. Pray it. You can set your clock if you want. But one thing I learned about that one hour is that you just don't pray only one hour. You pray as much as you can. Sometimes only you to pray two and a half hours. Do it. Three and a half hours. Do it. However the Lord leads you. But one hour is the least you pray. The least. Okay? The disciple prayed three hours a day in the book of Acts. As they accustomed to go to the temple three hours a day to pray. They prayed three hours. Can we do the same? Yes, we can. But we need to, to, to plan it. And we need to remember that when we made our promise to the Lord to keep it, pray with the Lord one hour every night and every morning. And watch how God will bless your life. Watch how you go through testing and trial in different situations and victory as a Christian. A lot of people don't have victories because of the lack of prayer. The enemy can come in there easily because they don't have a prayer life and attack their life. We're talking about the three things, three major things that the enemy attacks in our lives. One is our finance. Because the enemy knows that if he attacks your finance, it will frustrate you, and you will blame God for it. Because that's usually what people do. Second is your health. Okay? He will attack your health because then you don't have the strength to pray. And then you're complaining and angry of God. Third is your relationship. Let it be with your family, your spouse, whoever it is. The enemy will attack your relationship with other people. People will criticize you. They will not understand you. There will always be misunderstanding. That is demonic. And the devil does that to, to separate people, divide people, frustrate you. So remember, your, your finance is the first thing the enemy attacks. Because a lot of people say, well, if God doesn't supply me this, I can't go preach. I cannot go do this. Nonsense and foolishness. I went to preach without any money, my brother and sister, the first time. It was not like they were giving me money to put in my, in my tank to go preaching. I had to borrow practically from my food so I can go preach. From my weekly food that, that I had left over after I paid my bills to go do ministry. And God remained faithful to me. I saw his faithfulness in it. But in the beginning, as a Christian, I was weak in my prayer life until Jesus came to me one time and says, I want you to pray overnight, every single day, faithfully to me. He asked me for that hour overnight. So I began to do it. I struggled in the beginning. I would fall asleep sometimes. I struggle now no more. Because now I understand the importance of praying one, that one hour with Jesus. doesn't matter if I'm sick. If I'm tired, I'll ask the Lord for help. I need to do that one hour with the Lord, minimum. For leave me to two or three, fine. Or all night long, fine. Okay? Yes, I'll be without me for 12 or 12 days. I hardly got any sleep last night. Had all my eyes all, you know, you're tired, you're sleepy. But it was a victory night 
Because sometimes those are victory now. You know? Yes. Thank you, Lord. But it's important we understand. We need to pray that at least one hour with the Lord every night. And not make, make excuses for it. If you have a very... If you have a prayer life, you will have victory as a Christian. You will, you will rebuke the enemy out of your life, out of your brother, out of your family, and he will go. My brother Tony has been, been trying to be faithful in that one hour minimum, and his God is already doing things in his life that he's like, things he's seeing, things that God is revealing to him. He, he didn't know they were there before. Now he's discerning and seeing them. He's growing in his gift, what the Paul says to the churches. He Paul's rejoiced with the Thessalonians on how much they had grown in their gift. That's what every Christian should be doing in their prayer life, seeking to be growing in their gift. Let it be the gift of the sermon, the gift of miracle, the gift of healing, speaking in tongues, prophecies. doesn't matter. It's growing in your gift as a Christian. There are many other great gifts. And you can grow in them, in the Lord. But you need to have a prayer life to grow in them. It just doesn't happen if you don't have a prayer life. If you don't have a prayer life, you got more complaint than victory. People that have a prayer life have more victory than complaint. Actually, people that have a really good prayer life with the Lord, you never hear them complaining. You mostly hear them talking about victory in the Lord. But people who doesn't have it, are the people that are complaining that are lacking the things that they should have in the Lord. I've always seen that as a Christian for over 30 years. The people that have a deep prayer life with the Lord, all they can tell you when you give them a microphone and they begin to praise the Lord and glorify the Lord and tell you how good the Lord been to them, how many doors the Lord had opened, and when the enemy tried to close the door, he could not because the Lord opened it, how the Lord had blessed them and healed them, and been there for them faithfully. Those are the things you're going to hear out of the lips. Glorifying God for all the miracle in their life and their family life. Those are the people that have a prayer life with the Lord. A commitment. They're committed to the Lord in that prayer life. They don't change it. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if there's no power in the city. They're still praying. It doesn't matter if they get laid off from the job. They're still praying. My brother, it doesn't matter if someone gets sick in their home. They're still praying. They're still interceding. doesn't matter if they're sick like a dog, we say. The person's still praying. I remember the day I was sick like a dog. I could hardly move in bed. And I asked the Lord to pray for me. And all the, he, that power of the Lord came over me. And I began, my brother and sister, to speak in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit. It was so sweet, so beautiful. I, I never experienced such a beautiful prayer in the Spirit. The Lord was praying through me and giving me strength. For more than an hour, he's, such, he's so faithful in his prayer. For more than an hour, he was praying through me, faithfully, my brother and sister. It was about for an hour and a half, I believe it was. Faithfully, my brother and sister. Yeah, I felt the anointing and the presence, and it was so beautiful. It was like being in heaven. My brother, but he put it in my heart to ask him to pray through me when I was sick in bed. Next day I was new. I got up. I had so much energy. I felt so healed. Thank you, Lord. He is faithful. And I was telling him, Lord, you know, I've been doing my, my prayer with you, 
without missing any any day of my prayer. I don't just because I'm sick. I don't want to miss my prayer with you. I want to pray at least an hour, as he asked the disciple. And then the Lord took me over and came and prayed through me. It was such a beautiful experience that I would I would like other people to have it. The Lord can do anything when we ask Him, my brother and sister. We need Him. I tell the Lord, Lord, without you, there's nothing I can do. The Lord lets me know, I, I know, I know. Lord, you know I struggle without you, Lord. It's so difficult for me. It's almost impossible without him. I, I don't see me doing anything without Jesus. I don't see myself living without him or becoming anything without him. I just want him. I want to be close with him. I want him in my life all the time helping me. And I let him know last night. He, he let me know last night, yeah, I'm here for you. I am here for you. You know, I help you. Thank you, Lord. When he, when he put me in my glorified body, and I was moving in my glorified body, I felt so good. I feel no pain, no, no hurting, no, no worry, no concern. I felt just the power of God, the presence of God all the time, completely from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. I felt like an angel. Your glorified body, do you remember Jesus' story of who she's going to marry? And the Lord said, no, he'll be like the angels in heaven. I felt like an angel in heaven in the presence of God, full of the glory of God, moving in the power of God. I called the wind, and the wind obeyed me. And I knew the water will obey me, the sea will obey me, the earth will obey me. All that, my brother, it felt so awesome. It felt so great. I didn't know about those things, but Jesus wanted me to experience it. When that, when that guy spoke to me in Arabic, I spoke to him back in Arabic. I spoke Arabic 100% clear. He, he understood me clear 100%, and I understood him 100% clear. I didn't know I could speak Arabic. I speak back, bad English and bad Spanish. That's all I know. I tell the people, not that good. And I spoke Arabic 100%, 100%. I spoke it with exactly how they speak it. Oh, my Lord. In my glorified body. When he spoke to me, I understood. He was shocked. He looked at me like, like if I was Arabic, because he spoke to me in his language, and I spoke to him back, and he's looking at me. Is he serious? He's talking to me like, you know, like if I was born there. It's the power of God that enables us to be anything in God, to do anything in God. Without him, Jesus said, there's nothing we can do. He is about, the Lord says, to give us, to, to put us in a glorified body, to give us a glorified body through the word of God. My brother, how, how can you not be happy be looking forward to that? Yeah. How can you not rejoice and and be an expectancy to receiving the promise of God. Paul says we will be changed. We will be transformed at the last trumpet. We're at the last trumpet now. Hallelujah. We're at the last trumpet. You're going to speak in Russian. You're going to speak in Japanese and Chinese like if you were born there. They'll look at you like, how can you speak with an accent with, with our own language so perfectly? You're going to speak Hebrew in Israel. And then Rabbi will look at you. How can you speak that clear Hebrew? How can you're speaking like an angel so clear? Well, that's exactly how God is making us. 
That's his promise to us, my brothers and sisters. That's why he had me read the book of Acts again, chapter 2. They were all speaking in their language like native language. When the, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, you know? So God has a better plan for you and I than what you and I can plan. I don't know what you're planning, but God has a better plan for you. Will you trust in the Lord and his plan? Will you say to the Lord tonight, Lord, I want to trust in your plan. I want to do what you want me to do. I want to be what you want me to be, Lord. I want that glorified body. I want it. I want it. I, I don't know. I, I've been in there several times, and I love it. I, I just want to stay there. But I have to come back to this body. Ugh, it's just not the same. I'm not too happy about it, but it's okay. <laughs> it's livable. Temporarily, right? Yeah. You know? And then you're young in your 20s. You're looking handsome and beautiful forever. Isn't that awesome? You know, it's just, it's just what God has promised into that, so then they love him. It's untold, it's unheard, my brother and sister. How can you not look forward to a new body, a glorified body, a young body, beautiful forever? You'll never have a bad hair day. You'll never have a bad hair day, my brother and sister. You never will look. You never look sick. The doctor doesn't need to check your eye to see if you, if your body's taking the vitamins that you need. You always look healthy, a hundred percent, and you use your mind a hundred percent. That's why you can speak every every single language because God will use your mind a hundred percent out of you. You won't know every single word, every single pronunciation. You'll know a hundred percent, my brother and sister. And then we're going to heaven to study in heaven university. How can you not look forward to going to heaven university where angels and redeems are teaching you up there 24 hours? I think it's like eight hours, not, not, so, not so long. It's only a few hours you go to school and you have homework and stuff like that, which you'll probably do it in a second. So look forward to the And then you, you're going to be walking with Jesus teaching you, your rabbi, your Lord, our Lord, my rabbi, our Savior. You're walking. I walked with him while he was teaching in heaven. And I rejoiced of his teaching. His teaching was full of life and power and hope. He talked about the future, the things to come, because he is our future. And the people were rejoicing there. And when they allowed me to say something, I said, can you imagine when he comes in his second coming, how glorious it will be? And they looked at me and gave me a smile. Like, you got it, my son. It's all about him. It's not about us. It's about him in our lives, in our world, in our earth. Let his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He will change us. He'll, make, he'll bring us joy untold, unheard, unimaginable. Jesus loves you. No one can give you what he wants to give to you, my brother and sister. It's not like hell full of sorrow and pain. I have so much sorrow and pain in hell, the Lord needed to minister to me. To take like 99 or 90% of the sorrow from my heart and my life. Because I thought, I was thinking that when I come back to the earth, I will be on my knees crying all day long. 
about the sorrow and pain. Because I saw a brother there in Christ who I ministered to a couple a few years ago here in the Lord Tower. And I spoke with him on the phone. He had my phone number. And I spoke to him. And I ministered to him. He was having problems with his wife. And his wife was telling him to get out of the Lord Tower. My brother and sister. And I ministered to him. Somehow he got convinced to take the COVID-19 vaccine. They took his soul down to hell. And in hell, he was walking desperate, trying to get out because all the demons do is come and torment him. And he's miserable. And he was saying, how can I get out of this place? When I saw him, it broke my heart because he was a beloved brother in the Lord. How he got convinced to take the vaccine. A demon is occupying his body now. My, I say occupying his wife and children. How can they do such a thing? How can people ignore what the Lord has to say? I remember when Father says, I, I am sending you to them the last I'm sending to you is you, to them. What I was speaking from the Lord was the last word they were going to receive before they would, they would choose to be vaccinated and end up in hell. Father told me I was the last messenger he was sending to them. And he went and took the vaccine, and I saw him in hell, and I wanted to help him to get out. But it's not on me now. I gave him the word before he took the vaccine. He heard me saying not to take the vaccine. But he decided to ignore and listen to his wife. Now he's in hell. Can his wife get him out of there now? Can anyone get them out of there now? You got to choose. You got to be willing to lose your wife, your life, your wife, your family for Christ. Anyone, anything, you got to be willing to give up for Jesus, including your own life. Him that tried to save his life will lose it. But him that will lose his life for the kingdom will save it. You need to understand, if you try to save your life, and you go get that by seeing, you will lose your life. You will lose it. And I saw those people there. I say I saw a few, about 30 or 40 that listened to me on the Lord Tower not to take the right thing, that went and took it. They're down there, very sorrowful and painful, very grief and pain. Because, right, you know what the, one of the things is? Who is praying for them? Who is praying for their soul? Now, I was reading in Psalm that David said, David was praying for his soul. And David told God that God would deliver his soul from hell. So to me, that let me understand that they can pray for their own soul. But are they praying for their soul? Barbara insisted. Because right now, there was a church from Maryland that had about 400 people or more. And after COVID, they're down to like 60-something people. That's over 75% of the church that went and got vaccinated in Istanbul are gone, my brother and sister. So... Those that got the vaccine now walked away from the church. 
They were congregating until now they're gone. Why did so many of them that got baptized and they walked away from the church? Church attendance is down. I believe they said over seventy percent. It used to be almost close to ninety. Church attendance in the United States and the world is down after COVID, after, after the vaccine. So the vaccine has even it's even taking the desire of people to for, to congr- con- to come together, to unite. How many people do we have here before COVID in 2019 listening to us? Hundreds after hundreds. My brother and sister. And all, and a lot of those people went and got vaccinated. And of course, they're not listening to anymore. My brother and sister. It is so sad. It is, it is so Hard to let go of those people. But they made a choice unto themselves. And Jesus took me down there to meet them, to see them face to face. See the choices that they have made. That they were given a chance for the Lord Jawa to listen, to repent, not to take the by sin. And they still went. Look, in the Spanish program, in the introduction of the program, I had a, 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 an audio saying, not to take the by sin. A lot of people got offended, and they were saying to me that I should take away that audio and just put another audio. Brother Miguel know what I'm talking about. And I kept repeating that every week. Every week I would play the audio and the introduction before the program, my brother and sister. And a lot of people who ignore that went and got the vaccine, my brother and sister, they're down there now. Who is praying for them now? Who will remember to spend seven years underneath for them? Not many people will be willing. And that is the problem of this whole situation. This is a mess. Difficult to understand and explain. Because as the Lord showed me from that sister that got vaccinated, that other sister was praying for her soul for seven years faithfully. Never a day she missed a prayer to pray for her sister. How many people will be willing to be seven years praying for these people? Not even their own family are. So it's a very complicated situation because they want to get out of this. But who is praying for them? Who is interceding for them? Okay, because Jesus says to me, they made the choice out of their own will, Jesus said to me. I remember at one time when he brought me to hell. Before he, he, he allowed me to go through the door, he spoke to me outside the door, and he says, remember, they made the choice out of their own will. No one forced them to. No one forced them to take the vaccine. A lot of people took the vaccine for fear, thinking that they probably will get sick with COVID. Listen, before everyone got the vaccine, everyone already had COVID. They pulled COVID through the air of every country to make people want to want the vaccine. They make everyone sick on purpose. The only one that were kept, that are still being kept, is us, God's people. But we didn't have to choose to take the vaccine. We didn't have to say, well, I'm going to have to take it. No. The Lord even says to me, my son, because I, I usually for the insurance, I had a, 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 a PCP, primary care provider, the insurance required, they actually require for me to have insurance or they will penalize me in the tax every year. This year I don't have it anymore. I had it the year before. The Lord says, if you go to the doctor 
They they will get the vaccine in you. Okay? And you will be in trouble. You will end up in hell. He warned me. Now, I don't know. It's coming out now, a lot of information, how they try to get the vaccine to people through different ways, through juice, food. They try to get the vaccine in people's body through food, medication, okay, meat. I mean, there's so many ways they're trying to use to get the vaccines in people's body. And the Lord says to me, if you go to the doctor just for a visit, they'll get the vaccine into your body, the Lord says to me. And show me. And good things, I decided to obey the Lord because you have to make the choice. When the Lord reveals you these things and not question them like some people do, just be obedient. Jesus told me. So that's why I let my insurance go. Because I tell you, if I have the insurance, I'm going to be tempted to go for a physical. Because that's what I did every year. And the Lord says, if you go, they'll get the vaccine in your body. And I listened to the Lord and decided not to go. Okay? And just to trust the Lord to be my doctor, my healer, the God that will heal me, that he sent his word and healed them all in the wilderness, God's people, and that by his stripe I'm healed. And decided to obey Jesus. Because it was a warning to me. And I know it's a warning to everyone also. Be careful with going to the doctor. They will get the vaccine into your body one way or another. It's not anymore through your arm or your leg or your body. They, they, are, they are creating many ways now to get the vaccine into your body. And if they do, your soul will be removed. You will be removed from your body because the soul is you. We are our soul in this body, and they will move you and take you down to hell. Please listen. Please take it into prayer. I know some people doubt the message of the Lord. I was talking to the message to the Lord about this last week, of having a conversation with Jesus about this. Because some people have told me how expensive Asheville, North Carolina is. And I went to the Lord in prayer, and the Lord allowed me to speak with him about this. And I said, Lord, some of your children are saying that the, 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 it is very expensive to live in Nashville, North Carolina. And when I mention name, the Lord says, because they're doubting, Jesus said. But I will send faithful on my children that will go and move there. Because he said, get ready for those that are coming. And some are moving, but other ones, the Lord said, they're doubting. Doubt. Is the enemy of faith. Unbelief is the enemy of faith. My brother and sister, we as a Christian, we move by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. Not by sight. We trust the Lord. Whatever the Lord says, we say Amen to the Lord. And we don't. Oh no, I gotta, I gotta see this. I, listen, trust the Lord. He is faithful. My brother and sister. He will provide. He says to me, come together with your brothers and sisters and ask me to supply you the finance. And I will supply you the finance, he says. That's all we need to do. Ask him for the finance. Okay? And the Lord has been doing that with people who said, we're going to go to ask for Brother Elvis to work for the Lord. Providing the finance. He's faithful. Some might say, I will not move until I get the finance. And the Lord provides the finance and they use it for something else. The Lord is faithful, and we walk by faith. 
to trust the Lord in always. What do you say, Brother Tony? How difficult was for you to move? Yeah, it's a, yeah, when the Lord puts that in your heart, when He speaks, it's just, you know, just do it and, and you know, just uh, just trust Him, you know, just believe that He's a provider and, and uh, but remember, you know, obedience is, is, uh, is number one with with God, you know, just, it's obedience, what He wants, and, uh, you know, he don't, he, he don't, he don't take doubt, you know, you won't please him when we doubt. But, uh, yeah, with me, it's just, uh, you know, I just felt, you know, to just do it. You know, I knew in me that I had, that I had to, that I had to make this move and, you know, uh, leave what you, leave the comfort zone, you know. Uh, if the Lord's telling you to do it, you know, if the Lord's put that, putting that in your heart, you know, that's, uh, it's best to obey. You know, and, uh, you know, just that's faith, knowing that he's going to, he's, he's going to be there. You know, he's going to provide, he's going to provide us all that we need. He's going to provide us everything, you know, and, uh, but yeah, it's, it's obedience that what he wants from us. Um, it's that, uh, just doing, you know, but yeah, it's faith, you know, faith, faith and obedience. That's what it is. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. He's faithful. We serve a faithful God. He promised us he will be with us, and he's been with us, and we have seen his mighty hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. So hopefully tomorrow, Sister Carla will be with us. My brother and sister, I know Brother Body will be on, on, on Friday. Amen. We'll see you back on Monday. Uh, Sunday, I'm sorry. My brother uh, Miguel, what we would ask, God willing, life, my brother insisted, he'll be our guest, he'll share uh, whatever the Lord will put in his heart to share. Thank you, Lord. He's a wonderful brother in the Lord. You'll hear how much wisdom God has given him, so he's going to share uh, whatever the Lord will put in him to share. Thank you, Lord. So I would say, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you. May the Lord Jesus Christ give you his shalom. Shalom, shalom, my brother and sister. Here are his 50 dreams and visions of what is coming, my brother and sister. Amen. Amen, brother Miguel. Shalom to you and your family. Amen. Shalom to each and one of you. Let's keep in prayer for one another. And I will ask you to help me pray for the finance here as I pray for your finance. And what because Jesus said to do so. He says that we will pray in agreement. Come together and pray in agreement. Amen. Let's do that, my brothers and sisters. Let's pray in agreement. Two of our children have had dreams in regards to end times um, and war. And um, I have dreams, and my husband has visions. And so I'm going to start off with... Um, a message that I received, and it was actually a message that was, this is the very first message that I received in regards to World War III. I had no clue about it prior to that, and so it was a message about World War III, and um, and it had to do with um, that there's going to be nuclear weapons involved, that America is coming under judgment 
for turning away from from the Lord and that we will be attacked by Russia and nuclear weapons. And the Lord came to me and said that this is a message for my brother. I had another dream in which I was I was in a, in a house that it wasn't my own. I don't know where I was, but I was with my family. I felt like maybe there were some other people there. And I just felt like, I felt like the Lord jolted my heart. Like he was trying to get my attention. And I felt, I felt, I heard all this static in my head. And I felt like that static was, the Lord was telling me to turn the radio on. And so I turned the radio on and, um, and the, on the radio, it said, um, you know, it was talking about Russia, and it was saying um, about moving. And I knew the Lord was telling me that um, we were getting ready to be attacked and that we were supposed to go to a different location. And so um, I just remember scrambling to pack and, and trying to quickly leave. Last week, I had, I had a dream where I was, I was, um, I was a soldier and I, I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was in America for some reason. I don't know where I was. Um, and I, I was captured. Um, I was captured by, um, a, a different, different armed, armed, um, soldiers. And I, and I don't know what country they were from. And, I just remember being taken to this room with these other women and uh, being questioned. And I knew in my heart that um, I was going to be killed. And they were being really nice to me, but I knew that this was just a front to get information out of me. And I knew that I was going to be killed afterwards. And, and then I went to, they were taking me to a different location. Um, I had all this peace inside. Um, uh, that only could come from the Lord at the time, even though I knew that where they were taking me, that's where I was going to be killed. And then in the same same dream, I it, it completely changed scenery. And I, I now was in America, and I wasn't a soldier. And I was, um, I was at my husband's grandmother's farm. And we were, well, it was just me. And I was, I was looking from a distance. And in the distance, I could see this really large trench. And it was a really huge trench. And there were these tanks, military tanks. And I, they were, they were shooting into the trench. And I felt in my heart that they were shooting at people. Um, I just had this feeling that there were people in the trench. Um, but, after the after the tanks left, I I went to the trench to see who like who was in there, and I didn't see any people. I only saw cows in there, and because uh, there are cows at this farm, and I only saw dead cows in this trench and and no people. And so, um, and then there was another part of the dream where I um, I followed these tanks to see where they were going. And I remember crawling inside of like a storm drain to to try to hide and from these tanks. And but I, I remember the feeling that they knew I was in, in the drain and in the storm drain and that that I was going to be killed. And I, I didn't know 
how they knew I was in this storm drain. And, and so when I woke up from this dream, I, I did some research because I, I remembered what the tanks looked like. And I, I had never looked up tanks to see, you know, military tanks to see what countries have what tanks, what they look like. And these tanks were distinct and they had, they were this camo pattern. And I, I started looking up the U.S. and Russian um, tanks and uh, the U.S. tanks were just solid in color, and, and and the Russian tanks. When I looked those up, it was it was a Russian tank, uh, military tank, and so that was um, the last dream that I've had. And so, in regards to my husband's visions, he uh, he's only had visions one time, and they all came in, in the same night. Um, he said he didn't really sleep much at all that night, and and so this happened probably about a month ago. How my husband's vision started was he 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 got up, he woke up, and uh, he was just laying there praying. And next thing he knew, um, he saw this Bible, and this Bible the pages were just flipping really fast, and 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 then the pages just stopped, and then he. Um, it stopped at particular scripture, and and whenever he was looking at the scripture, he only could see, like he could see like there was a bunch of writing, but he it was he was just focused. He was just focused on specific scripture that the Lord was trying to show him, and so it was two pieces of scripture that he was shown um, that night, and um, those two pieces of scripture are Acts two seventeen. So I'm going to turn there. And Acts 2.17 says, um, And it shall come to pass in the last day, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophecy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall see dreams, and, or shall have dreams. And so this was the first one that the Lord brought him to. I feel like the Lord was telling him that this is the time of the end and that he, um, this is why he's getting vision. And um, the second piece of scripture that he was brought to was Revelation. And it was Revelation 6.15. And it reads, And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every freeman hid themselves in dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. And then um, that was the last thing he saw in the Bible. Um that God was showing him, and then the scenery changed. And then he was standing on top of this hill, and he was looking in the distance. And in the distance, he could see the mountain where Camp David is. And um, Camp David is the underground bomb shelter for the president. And he, he was looking at this mountain, and he said all of a sudden multiple missiles were fired at Camp David and he just saw missile after missile after missile hit Camp David and he said um, 
He just remembers feeling in his heart that, that the, whoever was in that bomb shelter wasn't going to get out. Um, he just felt that in his heart. And that was, um, so those were the two, the two visions that my husband had. Um, I'll, I'll now tell you about my daughter, my daughter and her, um, and her dreams. Um, now my daughter has been walking with the spirit of God for years and I didn't even realize it. I didn't even know what it meant to be born again. I thought I considered myself a Christian. I had no clue. I didn't know all of the things that she was doing were, um, you know, all the things that she was changing in her life were, was because that the Holy Spirit was convicting her. And probably about four or five years ago, she had a dream. And in this dream, she remembers being prepared. She, she knew she was being prepared by the Lord to fight and it was a spiritual battle and she was going to be in, in, in God's army and she was going to be fighting the forces of evil in her dream. And this was many years ago. Well, many years ago, four or five years ago, not really many, but anyway, but, uh, that was the first dream that she had. And recently, this was just, um, last week, she had this dream where she saw this map and on the map, she saw all of our streams and lakes and rivers and all of our bodies of water. And then she saw all of them start to recede and they were all drying up and there was, there was no more water. And she felt the Lord telling her that God will provide for his people, that she shouldn't worry that God was going to provide for his people. And, and then um, the scene switched and she um, she saw uh, one of her family members, and I'm not going to say who, but this family member became really disoriented, and it was as though they were possessed. And that person began to transform into an evil giant, and then this person went to the cities to harm people. And... Um, that was the end of her dream, her dreams that she's had recently. And my my son, uh, he's he's only eight, and um, the things that have, uh, you know, how God has been working in his heart has been crazy. Uh, he will feel the Holy Spirit. He he'll feel all this warmth inside. He'll tell me how, Mom, I just feel all this warmth inside, and I just love God. I just love Jesus so much, Mom, and it just warms my heart. And so, um, he has felt the need to talk to certain people about the Lord. He feels like the Holy Spirit guiding him to do so. Um, he's had a message for me. Um, there was uh, when I first got the message about you know, World War Three and the nuclear bombs, and I started to realize that the end times are coming. I actually was hoping in my heart that I was going to be taken out with one of the nuclear bombs. I thought, oh, it'd be nice just to be taken out quickly and, and you know, not to have to, you know, to suffer through the tribulation. And so there was this one night that, that my son came up to me and he said, Mom, I have a message I have to tell you. And he said, the Lord wants you to know that if you have faith, that he will protect you from those bombs. And, oh, it just, I felt like that message meant so much more than that. It, I I do have faith that God would protect me if that's his will. 
And, but I felt like the message meant more because God knew that my, in my heart I was hoping to go out with one of these bombs. And I felt like this was God telling me, this is not your time. This is not my, that's not my will for you. You have a job to do and that job is to save souls. And I feel like he's preparing me for something in the time of the end. And I, I don't really know what, what that is. Um, but I feel like that was a message of, you know, have your, your job's not done and, and um, I need to have faith in, in God's will for me. I love you, friends. Uh, God bless. Um, this message wasn't meant to bring fear to anybody. Uh, it's, you know, I just have to share what the Lord has revealed to me. I, um, I had a dream. And this dream, I was back home in Toronto and um, I was walking around the city street and as I looked up, I could see warplanes flying overhead. And I just, for some reason, I knew that they were Russian planes and that they were going towards the U.S. And um, I'm not sure exactly how I knew, but I knew, um, I knew wholeheartedly that it was Russia that was flying overhead. And they were not flying um, to Canada, but they were flying just past Canada and into the U.S. So uh, I shared that with Philip after he shared his, um, his revelation with me and um, just felt uh, confirmation with that. I have a crazy dream to tell you. If I do start crying, you know, it is what it is. But it was very serious and very, very sad to me. So I will be sharing that with you now. So the dream starts out. I'm walking into my grandparents, um, the grandparents on my dad's side. I open the door and my wife's parents are sitting in a living room. My daughter walks up from the doctor's office in my grandfather's room. He was a doctor. At the, um, at the, at the home, it was in, on the mid-level. She walks up and she's crying. I guess, what's the matter, honey? What's going on? She says, Rose's parents, they haven't told you? And I'm like, I'm puzzled. She walks uh, me to the TV and Taiwan has been attacked and um, they're being slaughtered. She looks at my, uh, my wife's parents and says, the Philippines, the phone lines have all been hijacked. They're dead. Nobody can get through to anybody. Um, they can't get a hold of Rose's grandma. That's my wife's uh, grandparents. Um, the news, cuts to, uh, the news cuts to a special report that North Korea has sent ICBMs to Japan and two have been shot down already, um, but exploded and believed to be of a nuclear force off of Hawaii. Um, they're telling people to shelter in place and they show on the TV people running from the beach. For fear of imminent uh, catastrophe, prevailing winds will push fallout towards all major cities and military installments. My dad walks down from the upstairs and is crying. He's holding my youngest son, um, Kylo. So, um, I ask, you know, where's Bodhi? And he, he's like, Bodhi's in school. Um, I'm like, well, we have to go get him. Like, what do you mean? Um, so we go, um, I run to the door to get to the car, and I see tanks are down at the end of the street. Um, the, uh, the way that the tanks are moving, you can see their exhaust, black, you know, black filling the air. The Humvee comes down from the mountain my grandparents lived on, and I go to get in my car, and it's dead. I run to the Humvee and ask for, the military, for a military escort to pick up my son. Um, is it okay if you guys take me to the, you know, the school, pick up my kid real fast? Um, the soldier from uh, the back window explains, an EMP has been detonated above the clouds of the United States. Then says, all buses have been ordered to Fort Dix. Um, it's a protection act, and he said like 4423 of the Government uh, Protection Act. Um, it is now in motion for the future of 
American values and humanity. Uh, I go and run back into the house, but now I'm standing in like military camo at my house, at my parents' house where they live. Um, the sky is orange. It's like the sun is setting. I'm looking for my wife. Uh, I have like an M14 uh, machine gun in my arms. Uh, the front door is locked, so I run to the backyard and I see my mom, and she's like crying her eyes out. I'm like, what's, "Mom, what's up, man? What's going on?" And then I see the I see I be in front of her. I see like boots stand, you know, sitting there um, with a helmet on top of them. Uh, my mom says, "Your father, you know, he really loved your kids." Um, I look around, like kind of look up, like, "What? Like, what's going on?" And the houses around me are all boarded up, as if people aren't living them anymore or something. I don't know. Um, the sense was that like a lot of people had died. My youngest runs up and says, "I miss Poppy, and I really miss Bodie. That's my middle son, um, the one that he took before Dick's in the dream." I start to kind of cry, like I'm getting upset. The sense is that everyone's dead. And I go, where's Kylo, Mommy? Or, Kylo, where's Mommy? He looks up with a face of true devastation and being broken. He says, Mommy's fighting the war in heaven now, so we can all be happy again. A soldier soldier comes up behind me and says, Lucifer is losing, sir. The Antichrist uh, killed a lot of good people, and the only uh, made God's army stronger. And for that, we'll have a place to go, you know, when we do die. Um... The war in heaven is just getting worse and worse, but uh, God's army is getting bigger and stronger. And I kind of was walking to the front of the house, and then I I woke up. But I just wanted to tell you guys about that dream, and um, the whole Taiwan thing is weird, because I keep having these dreams that come true about all this stuff. So, I don't know. I love you all. Talk to you all soon. As you can see, the dream kind of broke me up. I'm kind of upset about it. But um, I love you all. I had a very strong vision. It wasn't a dream. It was a vision. And I was taken up by a very powerful angel and taken to New York. And he took me up in this high-rise building. And at the very top, we were looking from that point towards the city. I could see the city of Manhattan. And the angel was talking to me. I just cannot remember the words. But he was talking about words of judgment. That's this much I know. And he was showing me everything that would take place in New York. And he started to show me through uh, uh, from this high rise. A uh, nuclear war attack coming onto New York. And, and missiles were raining upon New York. And I could see in slow motion, I could see each building pulverized as it was coming down. People had no time to run. People had no time to escape. This came suddenly. Suddenly in an hour, as he tells us in Revelation 18, it came suddenly, folks. And it was so devastating and so much it was the entire city was being destroyed utterly destroyed I saw the Brooklyn Bridge which is a bridge made out of steel it snapped in like twigs in four pieces and and it fell to the water 
like twigs that just snapped. The 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 violence of this attack was so strong, and the the amount of missiles that were coming down was so severe, and everything was being pulverized before my eyes. And I'm I'm watching all of this in horror. And as I'm watching all of this, I see a major tsunami, like a major tsunami, come up and swallow up. It was swallowing up Manhattan. And like I said, the sky was totally gray, full of smoke, black, full of uh, missiles, uh, warplanes. all I can describe is like warplanes. I don't know if there were uh, drones, but it was a massive, massive attack taking place, and people had no escape. They had no. They could not run. Building after building after building after building, and this is what was shown to me. For the Lord warns His people before He brings judgment. He warns His people. I'm not telling you what to do. You have to seek the Lord and ask Him what to do. He will tell you what to do. But I tell you that it is dire that you seek Him. The Lord is warning His people with very strong messages to get His people to come back to Him. He loves us. He adores us. And He doesn't want for any man to perish. It's for us to come to Him and obey. Obey His Word. Obey His commandments. Just a couple nights ago, the Lord actually gave me a dream, and this is how it goes. So my wife and I were ministering to a woman who we know, and we immediately felt a violent shake in the house. We run outside, look up, and I see that the streets from the distance, there's just black smoke just covering the skies. And when I start to see the smoke, me and my wife, our stomachs turned, and we immediately knew Oh my gosh, it's here. The Lord warned us and it's here. The invasion is starting. And right when I looked up, I saw a Russian jet plane with a bunch of missiles on it swoop down and do a a bombing pass over a freeway. I look to the right and I see the freeway and it's pretty much all across the United States. But these freeways were absolutely jam-packed with cars. As far as you could see, there were cars on top of cars on top of cars and people were honking and panicking and trying to escape. And the Russians blew up the freeway and it blew up all the cars. And when it blew up, me and my wife ran back inside, sat down and were like, well, we have to submit to what they're going to do. And so the Holy Spirit took me in the spirit to show me what it will be like with the Russians ruling over us. And to put it quite simply, absolute lawlessness and affliction. And I just saw how absolutely lawless it's going to be when the Russians rule over the United States. So when I woke up from this dream, it literally felt like a physical bomb went off right next to me. My body was shaking. My ears were just about ringing. And I'm not going to lie to you. There was like a panic of war upon me. I'm just being honest. As if I was just in a battlefield and the Lord just pulled me out and threw me into back into real life. And I was just completely shaken up. And the Holy Spirit started talking to me. And he said, the weak Christians won't make it. When bad things happen, the weak Christians are the ones who get an attitude when things don't go their way. He said, get used to all night prayer nights and get used to fastings. Get used to this so that when they invade, you have the spiritual stamina to respond correctly. I had a very vivid dream 
in this dream, I had an individual uh, who I personally know, who's in my family, come to me uh, in this dream, and he says, "Have you? Uh, you need to check the news out." And I said, "Why? What's going on?" He said, "It's on all over the radio. It's on television." I said, "What is it?" He said, "You need to go turn the television on." I said, "Okay, okay, okay," and I turn on the television. Um, and what I'm going to show you, and I try to find a, an image that would best depict what I saw in my dream. So this is the best thing I could find, and I'll elaborate a little bit more on this as I'm talking about this. But let me, I'm going to show you what, um, and this, this is an image um, of America being invaded. Uh, and in this image, they're being invaded from the west and from the east. But in the dream, I saw a map just like this. Now I didn't see I didn't see these towers right here, so this wasn't in there. But I saw I saw from the, uh, from the west, from the east, and from the north. There was nothing coming from the south. Okay, uh, in this dream, I heard the newscast. Uh, the news broadcaster said, "Ladies and gentlemen, we are witnessing extraordinary events that are taking place in America. Uh, it is apparent that we are being invaded." And I heard this in my dream, and he said, if there was ever a time to pray, it would be now. That's all I heard in this dream. Now, here's where it gets crazy. Ready? Again, I saw there was an invasion coming from the west, from the east, and it was coming from the north. And it was, and I want to say this, this is where it became detailed. It was air and sea. Again, let me say that again. It was air and sea. I saw bombers and warships. Submarines, uh, again, warship submarines and bombers. Uh, it was coming from in 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 these. Uh, and again, it was on the news. We were sitting here watching this on the news, and you could see them coming in from the west. They were coming in from the east, and they were coming in from the north. There was nothing coming in from the south. Now, guys, here's where it gets chilling. When I saw the you know these different types of military vehicles and so on and so forth. When uh, they were like zoomed in, it was amplified to me, and this is what I saw. I saw I saw the colors on uh, the 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 uh, the nation that was invading us. I was permitted to see the colors, and this is what I saw, guys. That is the colors, uh, and everybody knows what that is. That that was very bold. It was bright. And I saw those, this color, this is the color of Russia's flag. I have nothing to gain from this. If anything, uh, I know that I'm going to gain a lot of scoffing from it. So, But as a watchman, I have to come out and I have to uh, say what I did see. The dream started where the other one left off. In this dream, in the next dream, dream number two, I'm over in the uh, northern part of Los Angeles, what they call the San Fernando Valley, and that's where you have like your suburbs and you know your neighborhoods and whatnot. What I saw was chaos. People running around, citizens, Angelinos, if you will, running around everywhere, all over, uh, crying, screaming, in total panic like I've never seen in my life, not even in the movies. And there were soldiers. Uh, they were par they were paratrooping. Uh, parachuting on, on, onto the streets. They were running around everywhere. It seems like the whole place had been invaded. And like I said, I couldn't tell you what the uniforms were for some reason. I, I couldn't even tell you the nationality of the foreign troops that had invaded. But for some reason, in my heart, I believed it was 
like Chinese and Russian troops. But then once again, for some reason, I was in doubt. I, I, I doubted myself. I doubted the Lord. I doubted. I, I thought, man, maybe this is crazy. I'm just a regular guy. And I said, well, Lord, if, if this is real, if this is totally real, give me one more dream. One more dream and I'll believe it, Lord. And I fell asleep while I was saying that. And lo and behold, a third dream in a row about pretty much exactly the same thing. And in this third dream, it showed it was more like I got this. It was more chaotic, more destruction had occurred, and it seemed like this kept going on and on. It wasn't a one-day thing. And people were running around, and now people are like are in hiding and stuff like that. Everybody was shocked. That, that's, that's what the biggest feeling was, was shocked. No one could believe that this was actually happening, that this was happening to us, because we've never really been attacked except for like, you know, the Alamo, Pearl Harbor, that sort of thing. Um, oh, and of course 9-11, but, you know, nothing like this magnitude where there's troops running around like this, this magnitude. I was just shocked, shocked when I woke up. And I knew, I knew it was just, just like the other dreams were, it just seemed so, so real. And this time I didn't really pray, pray and say, oh, well, Lord, you know, give me another dream or whatever. But I thought it. In the fourth dream, it was more of the same, and it sh- but, it, but it showed people in their homes. And they're in their homes, and they're trying to hide. Everyone's trying to hide by now. And more and more troops are coming in, foreign troops invading more and more and more. It was a total invasion of the United States. The, the skies were filled with planes. Bombs were dropping. It was a total surprise attack. So it was more of the same on that dream. More. I could see the intensity of the, of the plan, of the attack. And it was a well-planned attack. I mean, we were overwhelmed. And it was evident that the United States was falling. That, that, that was the thing in the dream. And it was evident that this was the end times. In my dream, we were actually in Hilton Head. Um, we were not in Orange Beach. We were in Hilton Head. And my family was there, my mom and dad and my sisters and my, you know, my husband and my kids. Um, and we were out on the beach. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, dr- uh, bombs started dropping all around us. And mass chaos ensued, as you would expect. Um, everybody's freaking out, and we couldn't figure out uh, exactly who was responsible for dropping the bombs, but we knew that it was from somewhere over in the east. It was either China or Russia. Um, we, I, we just had this sense that the east is attacking the west. And so we, we mass chaos, every screaming things, um, you know, bom- like the bombs were hitting the sand and just exploding and exploding and exploding and it wouldn't stop. And so we all ran to our cars and we were, um, uh, we were trying to get out of the area and all of the roads started shutting down. This is my first YouTube video. And uh, the reason that I decided to make this video was that my wife sent me a text message with um, a Bible verse in Ezekiel here, and uh, I just wanted to to sh- be able to share a dream that I had because if I don't, then I didn't do my job. Um, so basically, I, I I wanted to share this dream that I had maybe about a week ago. I I had this dream that I was walking um, outside of my parents' neighborhood and. I was walking on the sidewalk down a two-way street, and um, 
to the right of me there is uh, conservation land, to the left there's conservation land. And all of a sudden while I'm walking I see that um, out of the blue sky comes out an airplane. But basically there were like three or four fighter jets that were swarming around this one bigger airplane and I saw, you know, in my mind, I don't know if it was at that point, but I felt that that was like an attack from Russia to the United States. Uh, while we're walking, I'm, I tell my wife and whoever's with me, let's go to the woods or, you know, let's hide out in the woods. And, and no, and, you know, we're kind of like in discussion. And all of a sudden from behind us, from the distance, are like a troop of these uh, black jeeps. These black jeeps come up on us, and it was too late, you know, to execute a plan to run to the woods. I'm going to recommend that you look at Amos chapter 3, and it talks about, you know, a land that is under judgment is going to be destroyed, and then it talks about an army that God raises for for punishment, for for judgment. If I can look at that prophecy as and apply it to the times that we're living in. America is the land that is going to be judged, and Russia is going to be the country to bring the judgment. I'm, I'm a patriot. I love America. I love, you know, the Constitution and the Founding Fathers, and I was born in the USA. I'm an American, and I love my people, perfect or not. We don't love sin, of course, right? But I believe that there's a strong military out there that's going to bring the judgment, and I believe that's going to be Russia. So, I had a dream that the United States was invaded by Russia and China. On the West Coast, the Russians were in charge of the war. On the East Coast, China was in charge of it. The Russians attacked the state of Washington. Through Canada, by submarine, they attacked California and wiped out my whole family. They devastated California with their attack. I saw China in Florida and going through New York. But with the Chinese, I saw Cubans. The Chinese were issuing orders to them. And I saw Cubans and Venezuelans coming through Mexico and into Arizona, Texas, and what was left to California. And uh, this one, I had two nights in a row, so... I feel pretty much worried about this one. Man, did I have a dream. I had a dream that I was living on a Air Force base. Why, I don't know. I'm not in the Air Force, never have been. That I was living on an Air Force base, me and my dog. All of a sudden, the buildings start collapsing. I'm like, what in the world is going on? You know, I'm like, end of the world type stuff, you know. Well, then there's like Russian fighter planes uh, flying over top of those buildings as they're falling down. I'm like, oh, heck, we're being invaded. 
Last night I had a very troublesome dream. I wasn't afraid in the dream at all, which is very important, but I just want to let you know that, um, yeah, we're going to be invaded at some point in the future, and it's going to be, they're going to be everywhere. I saw myself trying to drive, but for some reason I couldn't drive. I was walking, so like every road that I was trying to go down, I saw helicopters, choppers, like, and they weren't our people. They were another country, and so I saw them, the soldiers, um, marching down the street kind of going after people. They were not shooting at everybody, and I, I had the feeling that they wanted to minimize conflict. This is not a normal dream that I would have, so... I saw soldiers, I saw a clear invasion in America. This was nowhere else. This was America. I had a dream that around the coastline of the United States, between the Jersey coastline to the coastline of Florida, Texas, and California, all around surrounding the, our country, that you had uh, warships surrounding our country. And you had Russians and Chinese troops in our land. And they were out and about shooting people. And uh, now, within the dream, I'm telling my daughter about the dream. And when I'm telling her, there's a map that just comes out of nowhere. And I can look at the map and I can see where all the warships are located. So now I go put on a bag and I go to evangelize. And I felt like the Lord was telling me, just go. And I, had, I was walking, it was dark, and I was walking the streets. And I had no clue where I was going. I ended up in this huge open courtyard and uh, there was people there. So I started warning people about uh, what was coming. And people started to repent. People were sobbing, they were crying, and they were afraid of what was coming our way. So then uh, I started when I started telling them what was coming and telling them about my dream. Then I started to evangelize, giving them the gospel, and people were repenting. And then I woke up. Get your family together and pray every night and pray for wisdom. Pray for discernment. Pray that God will just give you insight how to protect your family, how to provide for your family, what to do. I believe the Lord is speaking. So many other people, my, my sisters have had several dreams about war and troops on ground in, in on the ground here. Yeah, about two months ago I had a dream. I was on the beach and it was like really sunny outside. And I was really close to the water, and I saw all these ships, and I was like, what are all these ships doing here? And there was a bunch of ships, like Navy ships, but I didn't know they were Navy ships until they got closer, lined up on this beach. And uh, I was like one of the only people close to the, like, where the waves were hitting, and the rest of the beach was, like, empty, like, I didn't see anybody 
maybe like a few people, like maybe three. And uh, these ships got closer to the water, and all of a sudden, um, this ramp dropped on the ship, like from the front, like this. And it, it hit the sand, and all of a sudden, a bunch of people came on the ship, and they were Chinese soldiers, and they were wearing like blue and white camo uniforms, and they had like bullpup rifles, like Type 95s or something. Um, I think some of them have had bayonets and stuff, and I think they even had like rocket launchers and stuff. And I, I was like shocked in the dream, and there was a whole amphibious landing on this beach. And all these ships came closer to the beach at the same time, and they all dropped their ramps um, at the same time. And soldiers and vehicles were coming up, even amphibious vehicles that were Chinese, and they were also blue and white, like camo. And uh, in the dream, I was shocked. I was—I didn't even know it was an invasion dream. I just thought they were ships because I thought I was just swimming, but it was an invasion. And there were Chinese soldiers coming onto this beach. And I was like, just shocked. And uh, in the dream, I actually walked up in the ship and there was tons of other soldiers and more vehicles coming out of the ship and going down that ramp onto the, the sand. And I knew that America had been invaded and that it was about to get really bad. But the next scene of the dream, it wasn't the Chinese, it was the Russians. And I, I was looking up in the sky in the dream, and there was an Aleutian 76 um, uh, plane or, or jet, and uh, it was a Russian, and it's a, it's a white plane. It's what the paratroopers drop out of. And on the back tail wing, it has a Russian flag, and uh, it's big, so you can easily tell it's Russian. If you just look at the tail, um, you can see the flag and the plane is recognizable and I just saw parachutes um, paratroopers coming out of the plane jumping out and then pulling their chutes and you could just see white parachutes all in the sky just lining the sky everywhere and uh, I knew this dream was God showing me that war is on the horizon I keep being reminded and uh, I wasn't even thinking about this when I had the dream but I did have the dream, so I'm going to share it um, because it's a warning. But, uh, yeah, every once in a while, I'll just keep getting them. It's God just reminding me um, that that's going to happen, you know. Um, that war is on the horizon, and uh, it's going to be really bad. In the dream, it, w it was a dream dealing with America. I heard people robbing each other. They were breaking into each other's homes. People were trying to steal things from cars on the street. People were stealing food. People were, were absolutely trying to take things from each other, and they were doing it by force and willing to die for it. And all of a sudden, I looked at them, I said, what is going on? I grabbed my hand, and I said, what is going on? And all of a sudden, I saw China and Russia coming into the United States of America. I, I don't know that I understand it, but they, they were military. They were uh, uh, soldiers. 
and they were coming in to maintain the peace. I don't, I don't know where the U.S. military was or anything like this, but they were coming in, and what they were doing was putting people in concentration camps. They were arresting people, Chinese soldiers and Russian soldiers were arresting people, and they were taking guns from everybody. I, I grabbed my face and I said, what? I said, what are Chinese soldiers and Russian soldiers doing in America? I had this dream, and it was so, so real. It felt so real. It was crazy. In the dream, I'm at Santa Monica. Uh, in Santa Monica, California, I'm over by like the pier, uh, which is like, uh, it's got like a, seems like a fair or carnival type atmosphere at the pier. It's a real famous pier in Santa Monica, California. And it was in the daytime and it was real sunny. And for some reason I thought it, it was the weekend, you know, and everyone was just going about their business. And, and what happened was we were looking out towards the ocean and everyone was looking out there and what we saw was like, like a foreign navy and it was either like a Chinese navy, Chinese navy or, or like a, the Russian navy and it was all out there and there were submarines out there that had surfaced and they were just kicking it out there and no one seemed alarmed. It, it was like, uh, it was like entertainment. Everybody was looking at it, checking it out and wondering, you know, what's that about and whatnot. And everyone started just going about their business and stuff and just staring at it and wondering what it was all about. There was nothing in the news about it or anything. It was like a surprise. It just showed up, and it was huge. It was all over the ocean out there. And I thought, wow, what's that about? But for some reason, I just had a bad feeling about it. Then all of a sudden, they started launching missiles, uh, all types of, like, missiles, um, bombs, so to speak, uh, towards the, the Lo entire Los Angeles area, the entire coast there, and and of the Los Angeles area, that entire harbor there. And they started uh, bombing us, and people started panicking and running everywhere. You know, and then I woke up. This is what God showed me. He he just struck me on my my rib and said, wake up and I woke up I woke up and uh, when I woke up he said look and all of a sudden I'm wide awake I'm not dreaming I'm not half asleep no 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 I'm wide awake I opened my eyes I see a big big screen very big very very big one of these big screen and I see a bear, big bear, rising up. And that bear, I see Siberia. Oh, Russia. I see in the middle of Siberia, that bear is waking up and is moving. It's moving. And then I said, in my heart, Lord, what is this? What is this? And he says, this is a Russian Siberian bear. It's woke up eight years ago, and it's going now to cause a lot of destruction. It's going to destroy in countries. It's going to come. It's going to destroy very, very much. It's just 
destruction, destruction, destruction. And it's not coming back. It's gone out like this. It's not coming back until it is destroyed completely and totally. It's not coming back. And then I said, God, it means it's the beginning of the end. And the Spirit was saying yes. So the bear went. And then he said, look in the north. And then I looked northward. I saw a white, 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 white bear. Snow white bear. I said, Lord, that is a polar bear. And he says, yes. I said, who is that? He says, that's Russia again. I said, Russia, Siberia bear? And Russia polar bear? Yes. He says, that polar bear is following that Siberian bear to help it to destroy and destruct wherever it's going to fight those countries. They are going to be mold. They're going to be just destroyed to total disaster. It's just destruction is the, the game of these two polar bears. They are going out to destroy. And it's the beginning of the end. Yo, I was very touched. Then he said, look on the east. So I looked on the east. And then I saw red dragon rising up. But it's not as big as this humongous dragon. And the Lord said, yeah, that was like eight years ago. This dragon now is very, very big. And it's going to be very, 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 very big. And it's not going to be easily to be challenged. This is going to be a mighty army. It's called China. It's going to be very powerful. Very, very, very powerful. And it's going to go alongside the Siberian bear and the polar bear. they like going to cooperate in some form and they're just going to destroy. And they're not going to fight with each other. They're fighting others. And they say, Lord, he says, it's the beginning of the end. And then he said, look on the west. So I looked on the west and then I saw a big lion which is, is turning down into a smaller lion and I see from its ears it's a mountain lion. I said, who is this mountain lion now? He said, that's America. It's very big now and it's still going to be, do a very big bang, pooh, a big bang and shake the world. And then after that, it's going to slow down and go down and, and reduce in size and ferocity and power. And it's going to go down. It's not going to be that lion again that intimidates every other animal. It's going to be a mountain lion, much smaller have the characteristic of a lion, but it's just a mountain lion. And the forces that are going to play a major role in these last days is Russia and China, is the dragon and those bears, the polar bear and the Siberian bear. They are going to dominate and they're going to be on the, on the, on the platform of, of playground of the earth. They are the ones that are going to matter 